Loves his music. He like it. one of them dancing sunflowers. But someone did or say. Yeah. Someone did say the other day that they liked my um, abrupt ending. You know, did they? The, yeah. So I, I'm keeping it. I'm right. keeping it going. Like so you that. don't fade it out like a professional because no. you, you actually look like a radio DJ now. <laughs> well, because I got a hat on. Yeah. So, so this is how it should go out, and then we there start talking and, and introduce you. Right. Because nobody knows who you are, do they? Not, not so, a clue. No. So who to blame him? Who, who are you? You have oh, been on one right. of our videos, though. I have been on a video. The, the B7 tuning video. This is true. So tell us, tell us, what's your name and where'd you come from? Right. <laughs> My name's Ben. I'm 37. I'm from Mansfield. Um, so I'm Ben Wardle. I am from Racing Line uh, in Milton Keynes. We're a Volkswagen and Audi Group tuning specialist. We do performance parts and we do performance software. So, I mean, you guys have heard of us. Absolutely. Hopefully. Plenty of the listeners have heard of us too. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been going for a fair old while now. I started out as Volkswagen Motorsport UK back in the day. That, so Racing Line had a completely different name back in the day, yeah. Back in the day, for right. a few years, um, and we were half-owned by Volkswagen themselves. Really? Yeah. Did not know we that. We ran the race team for the, the rally team. So the, the Polo Super 1600s with the TNT livery, yeah. that was uh, that was one of our, our cars. We then right. moved into circuit racing around the Volkswagen Racing Cup and all that sort of stuff. We are still the license holder for Volkswagen Racing, so the, the blue Volkswagen Racing with the R logo that you've seen, that's, that's us. Um, no, so, I didn't know that you was that deeply integrated into VW. I genuinely didn't. Once upon a time, and the the the, the special relationship is is certainly still there. Right. Um, we're still tier one to Volkswagen for for lots of things. There's quite a few things that the company does actually. Um, aside from on you know my side being the software side, and then it's the the hardware parts side of of the business that grew from the circuit racing side. We were never planning to make parts. We we're never going to do any sort of retail stuff. It just came from the circuit racing. Um, but one of the other big parts of the business is events. So we do loads of events. We've done car launches for people. We were famously the first people to write off a new Artian when they came out because one of the journalists right. put one on its roof when we were nice. doing the thing over in Spain. What, I mean, were, you, what were you doing I mean, back then? Was everyone, when you wrote the Artian off, were they all doing that? <laughs> That's exactly what was happening. Yeah. Was, we're, all, we're all biting his nails wondering where we're going to get these panels from. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, you know we we still do a lot of stuff for Volkswagen. We also do a lot of stuff for the manufacturers. So uh, more recently, we've been doing stuff for Mercedes. Uh, really, corporate events, car launch stuff. Uh, we did a load of dealer training and the launches for Mazda for their their latest um, their latest iterations of the CX thirty and all that sort of. Okay, right. I'm not being funny. We can't talk care. about Mad- Mazdas on this on this <laughs> podcast. I mean, well, that's just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Why are you being really? Mazdaist? What, you, so can't, yeah. you can't well, be Mazdaist. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't be Mazdaist because that's part of your business. But can I rewind just a tiny little minute? I thought you was all like the VW stuff. I've got the Mercedes out the back here. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a brand new, that car. It needs a tune. But you are the man, aren't you? I have done C63s in the past, yeah. Because yeah, it's, I mean, it's only 455 on, on RON93 um, or something. Have you run it? Yeah, on a dyno. Okay. So it it made four fifty five on like now it was ninety seven to be honest. So with ninety nine and a tune, it should it should squeeze out another twenty th- thirty horsepower. I mean, you are the squeezer of power, aren't you? More, I, I've squeezed various things in the time. <laughs> um, power's one of them. So C sixty threes back in the day, um, I did a few of those on on our rolling road. Um, I've got to be honest, they never made the power that they should do. The 457 PS, aren't they? So 450 horsepower. I think 451 to so be exact. it's nice that yours has, which is yeah. a good start. Yeah. Um, and we always got, the, what they do is they, they limit the throttle 
on those right at the top. So you don't get a massive amount of torque out of them. Uh, so day-to-day driving doesn't really... So you don't get a massive amount of torque? Because I thought that for an, an NA was ridiculously torquey. It really. is ridiculously torquey. I mean, in terms of a gain. Oh, a gain, yeah, torque, in, gain. Sorry. Yes, in, terms right, of, okay. in terms of gain from the map. So you don't get a massive amount of torque gain from the map, but you do get a lot of horsepower because it, it won't be limiting the throttle anymore up top. To be fair, though, I think that as a, an NA... Pleasantly surprised how much torque it's got. So, I oh, mean, massively so, yeah. We've had this discussion before with horsepower. I'd rather mm. have horsepower. You'd rather have horsepower. I'd rather have horsepower. I'd rather you feel have like, torque. You feel like you're getting more for your money. See, we're, com- we're completely the opposite. But that's yeah. that's. I'm going to bring Mazas up again. You're going to hate me for this. <laughs> this is the MX5 thing, isn't it? They're what 160 horsepower, whatever they are standard. You've got to rag the nuts out of them to to really enjoy the drive. Yeah, I, I get that, and and you know I've got a volume control there, you know, on your microphone. <laughs> if you talk about Mazdas again, I'm turning it down because oh, right, okay. normally I'm turning him down. I had absolutely no idea who so Mazdaist. Oh, I fucking no hate, idea. I fucking I was hate so... Mazdas. Yeah, I hate right. him with Is a passion. Because your dad's got one. What's he got? A Mazda six. He had a Mazda six, and oh, he's, he's fucked it that. off. Now he's got a Duke, which is fine. Is it? You know, really? Duke's a way shitter. It is for him. Mazda. No, no, Lee, hang on. You just said he's got a Duke and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, for him. <laughs> See, this is why you can't no, no, take him no, seriously. No, no, hang on a minute. You can't justify it after the event, mate. <laughs> no, no, for him, it's fine. It doesn't matter what car he drives. He, he loves Mazdas. He's had loads of them. He's had loads. But th- this is the guy, my dad, who bought the original Skoda. Piece right. of shit, right? right. <laughs> probably, probably quite a lot of money now. If you was trying, probably. To, this is what I was just about re- to say. Rear yeah. engine. Yeah, I remember it, and I'm thinking, Dad, Valley champions and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, they were shit. I, I was like, twelve, about eleven or twelve. But they had no, they had no like Skoda now. Obviously, it's VW. But um, back then, it was just a cheap imported like. They were shite. They were shite. Yeah, they sounded they, shite. They, they were shite. Yeah. They looked shite. They were shite. But then you'd have one now, though, wouldn't you? No. I, if you know someone what? come along with a repeat, you're telling me you wouldn't buy it? My mum and dad and that's had a what repeat. It was. And that's what it was. Yeah. And that's I'd what it was. One. It overheated it on the minute. motorway. Yeah, broke. of course it did. But what mm. I'm saying is... Part I, of the fun, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> says you've got to own an Alpha, right, in your motor in life, otherwise you're not a true petroler, because you're not sure if it's going to start in the morning. Just buy an old Skoda. Same <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing, yeah. yeah. But that's it. There's loads, of, there's loads of sayings in the car industry about, like, oh, you're not a true petroler until you do this. Who's making these up? Literally, you're not a true petrol head if you've never owned um, an Alpha. These like, who's, be, who's fucking making these? It's these usually quotes? some obscure journalist. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be the one who's never owned an Alpha because yeah, he just wants other people to have them for shits and giggles. Yeah. So that you... Naturally, <laughs> sickly going... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> dickhead. Yeah. But going, going, going back to my dad's um, choice of cars, he had a, a Metro, right. um, a C-Reg, yeah. 1980, whatever the fuck it was, yeah. yellow. Yeah. It, was fuck, it was shite. <laughs> He just bought the cheapest car at the time. Skodas would have been, they would have been fucking giving them away with cornflakes, wouldn't they, at the time? Probably, yeah. 1984, yeah. something like that. Um, and then he gets that. And it, but he's just gone through his whole life of buying, like, the cheapest car just, just because he's not into cars, which is fine. He's not into cars. But if a petrol head had bought any of them, there wouldn't be a petrol head because no, no, no self-respecting petrol head would ever buy them cars. Yeah, a 6R4 Metro, that's different. But not a very not, different. Not a, However, not a, not a one point one different in money cl- as well. Club, club, whatever the fuck it was. So you're telling me you're not a British Leyland fan then? No, because secretly I harbour. But do you know I what? Harbour a deep dark secret. It, it, it would seem we're going to conflict on a few things. It here sounds today. like I get on with your dad quite well. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> Didn't you have a brown thing? Didn't you have a brown Cortina at one point? 
Was it brown? Everybody had a brown Cortina at one point. Yeah, but that was the colour. The vinyl roof. They didn't have spec from the factory. You just went in. Can I have a Cortina? Yeah, it's brown. Okay, I'll have it. (laughs) There's no other colours. It's turd brown. Brilliant. Cortinas were brown. It's just the colour I wanted. And Escorts were uh, beige. That was it. You didn't didn't get, like, options. Like, options back then was you had a pack lighter. Yeah. Uh, You might (laughs) got a radio. Yeah, radio yeah. was like it was a, an option, wasn't it? Dear yeah. option, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was a massive upgrade as well. Oh, we've got a radio upgrade, yeah. Like, oh, right. And they <laughs> wouldn't have even had a tape deck, would they? So it had just been like a it was a separate with the line that goes across for the radio, yeah. So you had a head unit thing, and then the tape deck would have been underneath because it was this massive thing that you because it was like a VHS player, probably in the car, <laughs> eight track, you know, yeah, square thing, yeah. And it, the, but that was the thing back then, um, they were options, but you had like on, a, on an escort, a popular, then a popular plus. Nice. And then I think you know the fact about them, don't you? Go on. It cost Ford more to make a popular than it did to make a normal L because they redesigned all the headrests to make them really shit. <laughs> really? And the seats to make them really bad and they actually it... lost money on every popular they sold <laughs> because they spent money redesigning it to make it shitter. Which wow. I, I, that, it's that, just a, I love that sort of fantastic fact. That I bet that still happens Fails today, you in know. car history. Probably it's got just. to, hasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. That still happens, yeah. that, because surely the production line... Like they they offer a price out and then they think oh shit price has gone up on this or this or we can't change the price because we can't make I only know this because obviously Ben works in Audi and he he knows all the things but I know a Technic is the shittest yeah. Audi you can buy yeah because Spec it's got, wise, yeah yeah but it sounds great doesn't it Technic Audi Technic oh, yeah, yeah people yeah. still advertise them with that yeah Audi A4 two liter the other side Technic edition yeah. it's not an edition mate it's the <laughs> it's the Bargo one do you know what always amazed me about that when I went to do um, my central launch training in Munich. They, they've got like a massive big facility there, Audi. So you go to their, their training centre. But upstairs in the, one of these lecture room things, they had they had an A1, the new one, because that's what we went for, the new A1, new Q3. And to look at this A1 on the outside, like, wow, that looks mint. It had got like rally style wheels on it, which we didn't get. They were like white rally style wheels for the car. Mm. And the outside, it was, um, it was like a black edition. So it had all the black styling pack and it was red. It looked mint. Opened the door, it got a Technic interior. So the seats were basically flat. Everything was just horrible, black, boring plastic. And I remember saying to you, I was like, what the f- who's, what's going on here with the spec of this car? Because from the outside, it looked really expensive and mint. And the inside, it was a boggo interior. He said, oh, in Germany, yeah, you can, you can literally have whatever you want. So you could have a Technic on the outside and then like a black edition on the inside or a Vorsprung on the inside with all the bells and whistles or you can have vice right. versa. And I was like, why, why would you do that? Why would you have a car that looks mint and then sit in seats that are basically flat that you fall out of, like, why would you do that? And here, like, just here, you can. Yeah, you, you can't, can't do shit here, can you? No, it's like it, now. Yeah, if you want a pan roof, you've got to have Vorsprung. You can't have you can't have a pan roof on a on any other normal car. This is an America thing because getting involved in some of the tuning scene in America, I first saw that the Vorsprung model being spoken about over there, and they have a dynamic and a something else, and it's just three specs. Yeah. of S3 and RS3 or whatever that they have. Please forgive me if I'm not factually correct, but you know you're yeah. roughly what I'm saying. So you you, you get that and a, and a dynamic comes with a pan roof and a this and a that and a, and a Vorsprung comes with a this and a that and you don't get heated seats on this one, but you do on that one. So you can't add an extra stuff on like the lower the lower spec stuff? No. So whereas, I mean, certainly going back uh, you know a few years because i used to, uh, one of the reasons i started doing this stuff was retrofitting things into audis because people said you couldn't do it and i thought well, there's got to be a way yeah so i started working out how to do all that stuff but um famously the thing that got me famously the thing that got me into it was um a mate of mine who ha- who bought an ex-dealer 
Um, it was Sheffield Audi, uh, whatever they were called before. They were Sheffield, you know how they used to be individual dealer names. And the dealer principal had this A4. It was a 180 Quattro Sport, everything on it. You know, it even had the Recaros from the factory, which nice. is a very, very rare option. It yeah. got every single option ticked apart from, because it was a Sport and not an SE, a Sport didn't come with cruise control, but an SE did. Was it cruise or was it, no, drive information system, sorry. So you couldn't see how many MPG you were doing. Yeah, the square, like the screen in the centre of the The court. screen was there, right. but it just said... You've got X amount of miles. Right, and, what, okay. and what model is this on? This was an A4. This was a B6 A4, so like 2003, 2004-ish. D- um, diesel? Petrol. 180 Quattro right, okay. Sport, yeah. Um, and, and that, because it was a Sport, didn't have drive information systems, so they ticked all the boxes, and it was, it was actually possible to tick a fully spec car without something as basic as that. Yeah. And I worked out how to fit it and the rest is history. But that, that's not the point. What I'm saying is, certainly back in the day, every single Audi, even a dealer order, had to be ordered with a tick box. Yeah. There wasn't a base spec. And I think it's only in the B8 when the Technic came out that you started getting winter pack and you started getting whatever else. You know, yeah. So your winter pack was your heated washer jets, your heated mirrors and your heated seats. Yeah. Um, and then the, it became the tech pack, didn't it? Which was then your navigation, Bluetooth, something else, something else, you know. Yeah. Um, and they became these spec option packs rather than, oh, you have to tick that box, otherwise you just don't get it Yeah, kind of thing. It makes sense, I think, you know, from a production point of view. If you just said, you know, rather than going down the production line, it's going, right, that one's just got this and this, that one's got this, 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 and this, and you've got people just running around the production line, surely just some people are putting a bit on, some people aren't, and, you know. And surely it's better to build 50 cars that are all the same. Well, their idea now, and, you know. so their idea now is, uh, it's called Function On Demand, you must have heard of this. You heard of this? Not not in that way, but go on. I'll so their idea now is um, to develop the car. The car will be built within reason with everything, I'm minus the pan roof and stuff like that. That'll still be an option. But it'll all, they'll all have um, heated seats. They'll all have, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like They'll all have everything on them effectively, like I say, apart from stuff like pan roof. But then you'll be able to, say for argument's sake, yeah, say for argument's sake, in the winter months, when you really need heated seats... You'd go on your phone, on your app, right? I'll pay for heated seats for six months. Um, and then your car then will have heated seats and you can use the function and they'll, and they'll work for the winter. And then obviously they'll cut off again in the uh, in so the summer when you don't need them. That sounds very Tesla-ish. <clears throat> it the sounds... they've done their model, isn't it? It's like well, a frigging... Sub- everything's a subscription everything, now, isn't it? Everything is. Yeah. It's, um, it's residual. What about podcasts? It's, oh, resi- sorry, <laughs> it's, re- it's residual income for Audi. Yeah, of course Because yeah. man- yeah. they sell a car exactly and they sell it for 50k. That's it, they're done. Yeah, they don't get even get the parts mm. revenue until it's five, six, ten years yeah, old. Yeah, so. so so six years down the line, they're still getting someone saying, "Oh, it's cold here. Yeah. I'm, I've got me seats on." Whatever the cost is, I don't know. What's it going to be? Well, it won't be cheap, will it? Knowing knowing Audi and, and the other, you know, like premium manufacturers, they're it probably, won't be cheap. They're probably going to do it at like I don't know, maybe seven quid a month. Maybe, but it's it's the Netflix thing, isn't it? You keep it under a tenner, and people don't see it going out. You don't yeah. think about yeah, it. Yeah. If it was twenty quid, start adding your tenners up, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. it. When you look at all your subscriptions for film, if people went through all their subscriptions for uh, media and entertainment, they'd be like, "Oh shit, I'm paying 150, 200 quid a month." But because it's seven quid here and eight quid there, and it'll be the same with the cars down the line. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, I've got got my heated seats, and I've got. What well, everyone's already into the finance mindset, aren't they? Everyone pays monthly for a car. It's very rare yeah. nowadays. And, you know, you might have bought a 50K car, but it isn't 50K, is it? No. It's, you know, six, seven K down and 500 quid a month or whatever yeah. it is. It's just that's that's how yeah. things are nowadays. I mean, you're just, you're just leasing them, aren't you, at the end of the day? Because yeah. the majority of people surely give them back after four years. 
Because after four years, I mean, who wants... You've had a car for four years and you're going to pay the balloon. Not you many think, people do. I, I would say, yeah, what, a few percent, single percentage, surely. Because after four years, you think, why do I want to pay... Say you had an RS3 and it was 60 grand and your balloon was 30. After four years, you'd think, well... Do you want to pay was, that all still over really, again? Yeah. Or do you want a new one? Do I still really want this car? The same money. Yeah. And I've got to pay 30 grand for it? Yeah. No, so I mean, you're refinancing your 30 grand, which yeah. is what you've just done over four years. Yeah. Just get a new one, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finance that 30 grand instead. Yeah. So the, the, the heated seat scenario is probably just in line with the car in general. Because yeah. you don't own you don't own the seats, do you? No, do you shine? So you might as well pay. <laughs> you might as well pay. You're paying for you're paying to sit down, aren't you? Really, the bottom yeah, line. Exactly, and it's a win-win for them because on a production line, apparently, uh, it's cheaper for them to just make all the cars the same, effectively, other than color and and uh, the other you know little bits. Wheels will, will you know still be different. But Can then you subscribe to a different color. You can subscribe, yeah. yeah. Hey, I fancy having a... If they all came out white, but you could... You know, I fancy having a, a red car this yeah. month. Yeah, but joking about that, what about the BMW with the changing colours? Yeah, can't actually can't, yeah, well, you yeah. just don't know what's next, do you? No. Yeah, when I seen that, I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I can't remember what I seen it on. I was like, changing colour, car. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was a rap thing. Move on. I think it was, yeah. on, I think it was on Yanomai's, actually. Might have been. Because he was, I think the, the thing was, why do you need a rap company when the car can change its... Well, and he put that on its own channel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, is this the end of? If, I'm sure it was. Yeah. That'd be a oh. brilliant hook to get people in. <laughs> yeah, it? I mean, I'm have a look. I mean, it might be completely wrong. It might be someone else, but have a look. I'm sure that was like the tag. Is this the end of Yanimize? I'm sure it was. But if you haven't done that, Yanimize, do it because that's a good ta- tagline, that isn't it? Yeah, very good tagline. Is this the end? Is this the end of Evil GT? We've just done one with the RS4, haven't we? It's going on. It'll go on tonight. That. Yeah, they, they, well, that's called the end. The end. What what we mean the, is uh, uh, which RS four? Not the, the Avant. The Avant. Oh, the oh that. Well, yeah. do you know well, what? That's right. another one on the. Tw- are you still up here on the twenty fourth? I uh, don't think I'm booked to be, but I can't. I can't you love Manchester, really. though. I, lo- you, I mean, love Manchester. I mean, going back to Mansfield. It's my second home. Mansfield, yeah. Manchester, it's close enough. It's, it's the same, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only reason I ask is because we've done all this hard work on the RS four mm. Avant now. Mm. New bumpers and like all kinds of stuff, bodywork and whatever else. And um, we just wanted to make sure that the car actually ran okay before we started hooning it around the track. Right. It, it, does, run, it does run okay, by the way, because we smashed it around the Mexico roads the other day. Oh, how was Mexico? Warm this it, time, yeah. Really yeah. nice, actually. Pleasant, yeah. yeah. It's quite nice, nice, actually. Quite nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, For those who have watched Ali G, you'll know that. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, it is good. It feels quick, but we've obviously... You want me to ruin it with a tune, right? Most of, no, I just wanted to make sure that it's uh, <laughs> make sure it's actually running. You know, yeah, like it's it's not pulling time or yeah, oh, we can do that. I'm we, sure. We need to find out how many horses it's running um, because when we take it on the track, we we're going to take the RS4 saloon and see if stripping a car out because the same car in it. Let's be honest. Apart from ones and a van, ones. Is there a weight one, difference? There will, will be because it's stripped out. Okay, so that's that that's a, a big one for. Things like weight transfer and understanding how the car's set up and how it might react in certain situations, corners, and how it pulls away. Because if you've got too much weight transfer from the front to the back, obviously it's four-wheel drive, not front, which is what I'm used to in terms of the race cars. But if you've got too much weight transfer going onto the back, you'll lift the front up a little bit and then you won't get as good traction. There's all sorts of... Yeah. That's why you see the drag cars that have got the bigger wheels at the back and they're, they're sat raked like so, because when they, they pull away, they squat down. Yeah, and the weight transfers to to help to, to level help get off the line that to level it out. Yeah. yeah, but that's way beyond what I you know what I've ever done and, and can understand as well. I'm I'm not clever enough for any of that. Yeah, I mean we we just wanted to do a basic test on 
This is a road it's man car. maths, isn't it? It's fag yeah, packet it, maths. And, it, yes. it, and it's to, to us, it's just a YouTube video, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So we've got the we've got the saloon, we've smashed it round. We thought, you know, we got it round quite well. Um we take it again. So it's both exactly the same temperature, track temperature's the same. Uh, we're on and then we compare it to the PS4s it's got on the Michelins, um compared to these uh, accelerator tires yeah. uh, that we've got on. And you know, obviously the weight difference, mm. how much to me it's like how many seconds so Alton Park, depending on you, depending on what car you're in and how how fast the car is and how well it gets around the tracks, just over two minutes, right? So I think the RS4 did it. Uh, was it two o two, two o three ish? Yeah, two. I think you, yeah, two o two. It was yeah. But I had um, I had a fully stripped out um, M3 E46 um, stock power, but big it, wing, big yeah, loads of loads of downforce. But stock engine, so it, was, it wasn't like a supercharged or anything, mm. and uh, but super light. Must have been about twelve hundred kilos, and it got round in one fifty five. That's the quickest I did it on our triple eights. So the saloon, one two o two, seven seconds slower. I don't think that's too bad, considering that, it weighs about still the same a as the road moon. Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it weighs yeah. that weighs so a you've lot. Got all the four wheel drive system and all the seats and like when when you strip your M three out, you properly stripped like there was nothing in it other there was than nothing. buckets weren't there yeah everything went <laughs> and a cage I suppose you had your roll cage in it didn't yeah you? two fiberglass buckets everything was out it was super lightweight carbon fibre roof so that lowered because the sunroofs in them they weigh about 40 kilos yeah mm. so, out. so just taking them out your centre of gravity straight away drops um, fi- um, so carbon fibre bonnet roof boot spoiler fiberglass fiberglass um, oh it was a proper job like fiberglass nice body body kit so Really wide wheels on it, like it had, I'm sure it had 12 J's on the back or 11 J's or something. It was ridiculous, um, and then 10 J's on the front. So grip wise, I mean oh, the tires, our triple eight R's on it used to cost a fortune. Yeah, and they didn't go. You know, it didn't. You, you can't get loads out of them, can you? I mean, if you were racing on tires, you you change them every few laps, don't you? Oh, you right. Yeah, yeah. Stick yeah. a stick a new set on. Yeah. I used to get two or three track days out of mine because I mean it's only a track car, so yeah. I can't afford to change. Sure, it's about eight hundred quid for a set, nine hundred quid. Damn. So, but that was a fully trip, stripped out with a, with the R Triple H, which everyone knows, really good tyres. Yeah. Um, and it was only seven seconds quicker, and that was my fastest time. By and the that's way, that's a lot of money to put. If you, if, you know, if you to put a standard car side by side, I wonder what. In fact, have you done it with this E forty six you've got now? No, but Do you that's want to? that's going a completely different road now. I mean, as it's standard. Oh, yeah, it's standard. Oh, it, well, I, I, I haven't it's taken it around the track as it is. But it'd be interesting to see yeah, yeah, what the time differences will be. So, you know, you've got a 155 out of that car that was all stripped. It'd be interesting to see what the stock car yeah. does it in. There was a lot stock of Stock road tires and stuff. Yeah, after definitely. After that, when we got the times of the Clio and the RS4 and stuff, a lot of people were going, uh, you should have took the E46 on it. It'd have, it'd have beaten them all. I was like, I don't think it would have done No, me. because I don't believe that was so. I think the E46, bearing in mind... When I took that E46 round, that was at the pinnacle of, I was doing track days near enough all the time. Mm. I was on it, like, I was just smashing it round. And um, now I'm a, you get a bit rusty, don't you? Because obviously not going out on track loads. So when you go back out, as the day goes on, you get faster. Just yeah. because... You get more you bigger just, bars. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. And you don't worry about the bar- <laughs> barri- barriers as much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it would have been. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was any... Quicker than the RS4. Mm, I'd be surprised because it doesn't feel anywhere near as quick. No, and it I'd be interested feel... for you to to, yeah, to, see, to, find to run out. that road car and yeah, see. Yeah, it would. Because yeah. if you think about the money involved in 
I mean, now you probably wouldn't strip an E46 because they're well on the way up, aren't they? Well, but, you know, if 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 you uh, yeah, oh, he's planning. He's planning. Right. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's silly ideas. <laughs> um, but you get you get my point. There's though, a reason why it's going to go the way it's going. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll discuss that at a further point, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? If yeah. you if you're going to put a big wing on fiberglass, this you know two fiberglass seats, you know as light as you possibly can be. Um, very wide wheels, very wide wheels from what yeah. you said. You know, R-Triple all the rest of it. You think about the money you're piling into that. Is it five? Is it seven? Is it ten seconds difference? Well, this is the thing. This is How much pound per second are you spending yeah. to do well, that? Usually, what we worked out was, uh, we had it with Ash, the mechanic, who, who Ben knows, um, he was on the last track day. He used to prepare the car for me and just do bits mm. and bobs on it. And we, had, we always had a running joker. Every thousand pound you spent on that M3 equated to about two tenths two three tenths of a second <laughs> but it's true it, this yeah. is not a lot no and in and formula one terms it's it's more cheap. than that for less isn't it? well you can't get yeah. ten you can't yeah. a thousand pound formula one part doesn't, doesn't exist does it but this is this is let, let's bring it back to tuning for a second yeah. this is when people start going stage two stage three stage god knows what yeah your biggest bang for buck is always your stage one map isn't it oh without yeah, a on doubt a, on a turbocharged car yeah. anyway without yeah. a doubt you know um if you can bring a, a golf r in at 300 or 310 horsepower as they are stock um and and leave at 365 370 375 whatever you know there's lots of different figures that are banded around and, and what have you um then you go stage two and you get another 20 horsepower but you've had to spend mm-hmm. you know, 1500 quid on an exhaust yeah. and 500 quid on an intake yeah. and load of pipe work to make that happen you, you it's diminishing straight away isn't it it's a bit you, you're going back to na tuning you're going back to cortinas again yeah yeah i've got a story about a cortina that's what started me off with being hey. interested in cars well let's really? not beat around the bush let's let's how let's does a cortina it? start you off about being interested in cars just because you think i can make this potentially a bit less shit is that what you're saying it doesn't get any shitter. Where this story starts doesn't get any shitter. So, yeah. so let's just, how old are you? Because you don't see... How old am I? Yeah. I'm 37. See that You're out of the Cortina. That's not the age group. My age group is the Cortina, surely. So I didn't modify the Cortina, but I was around the Cortina. Right, so what I want to know is, surely there's like... Do you, how do you start mapping cars? Like, Is there some sort of like mapping university that you go to to learn how to map a car? No, yes and no. There's commercial companies out there that will sell you a tuning course right. on how to do it. Right? Yeah. The merits of which are questionable. Is this an, is Are these recognised qualifications or this, no. is this just somebody teaching you how to do it? It's someone teaching you how to do it. And it'll be teaching them their way? Teaching you their way, in right. their mindset yeah. um, of how to do it. And like I say, this is a commercial company, it's not a university, it's not educational, it's not, you know, not recognised anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, the closest thing you'd be able to do really is a degree in you know, sort of engines and probably thermodynamics, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't st- done any of that, none of that. Did so you get a certificate? I've got my bronze swimming certificate. <laughs> I'm, I'm all we need to tune a car that, off the back of that. That's, that's all we need to know, isn't it? That's BSC, SSC, then my name in it. Yeah. Bronze swimming I know about certificate. The B- I know about the BS. BS? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah I've, I've got loads of certificates in there, BS, yeah. yeah. A lot of tuners are full <laughs> of BS, aren't they? So I, I've got one recognised certificate apart from... GCSEs, and, yeah. and that is I'm a Microsoft Certified Service Engineer from no, 2003. No <laughs> so I have nothing at all in terms of car qualifications, engine qualifications, embedded programming, anything like so, that. So a bit this like all, us then, aren't you? Really? Yeah. I'm literally you. Winging it. Yeah. So if we had one of them tops, them racing line tops. <laughs> I can get you one. Yeah. 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 But what you put on ours is... Can't be that hard. No, you it? just put... Just tap loads of buttons on a laptop. You know, like, like off of a film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when someone you, presses enter that. at the end. The big, yeah. the big press. 
all yeah. you need. Right. I just want I just want it spelt T U N A on the back though for us. Yeah, <laughs> tuna <laughs> sounds fishy to me, mate. Um, yeah, so so the way I started out was because I was an IT guy. Um, I was interested in finding out more about it. Got onto the forums and the th- you know, and I say forums. Then it was forums. It wasn't Facebook groups because there was no Facebook. Yeah. Uh, that's how old I am. You was in Reddit. Yeah, well, I'm getting ready for lots of reasons. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, um, my when I worked for a company, which was my uncle's company, I had use of his 2.5 TDI Quattro A4 on an 03 Reg. Nice. Lovely car, plenty of power. Yeah. When I left that firm and went to get what we all call a proper job in IT, I had to buy my own car. There was no company car scheme, so I had to buy my own car and claim mileage, and I bought an A4 19 TDI and then went with the can you make this faster thing and there we go and actually my first car was tuned for me by somebody else uh, right. because I didn't know what I was doing at that time but it's at that time I started getting into the retrofitting and the understanding the um, the electronics and the communication systems and how they worked and how coding worked and how you could manipulate the computers to do different things um, and then once I'd sold that A4 I bought a 1.8T Quattro Sport myself similar to the one I was talking to you about earlier on um, of, a, of a really good friend of mine, like what the day that it was a, a car guy that, that I'd met on one of these big meets that people used to do that don't really happen these days. And I saw the car, and I was like, I want to buy that. And about three years later, I managed to actually buy it off him when he came to sell it. It was a lovely car. Um, and again, that didn't have the driver information system. Um, and I worked out how to do that on that car by looking at the coding on S4s that had that, yeah, function and then working out how to code that into all the cars, that kind of thing. And the tuning thing started with that. That car. Then after that, I got a 1.9 TDI Bora because I've always you get you get you get a lovely Golf, can't you? GT TDI. Mm-hmm. No, I want the really boring one with the boot. <laughs> uh, that was me. So so I got a Bora, um, and I learned a bit more about how to tune on on that car. I bought my first tuning tool to actually read and write the ECUs. Tried to understand how to manipulate the maps. We've all got to start somewhere. Yeah. Did um, you blow any up early days? No. Nothing. Honestly, honestly, shape. straight out answer. No. Right. Um, any any minor mishaps? Minor, oh, I've killed a few. I mean, like you know, where they, they don't start, and you you know you're messing about in your driveway trying to learn something. You've got to go to work in the morning. And <laughs> now the ECU doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know where knowing how to make it work again. But you know, you get through these scrapes, and and of course, yeah. you, there's always the time when you start doing it commercially. You know, you you think you've learned enough to. I mean, some people do things business in a different way. I'm, whatever my way of doing it was, learn at home, start to understand it really, and you know, break a few things, you've got to crack a few eggs to make mm. an omelette and all that yeah, stuff. And then I started doing it as a business. And then things got really real when I broke someone's car and they sat next to me and expecting to go home before five o'clock. You know, now oh things dear. are going to get serious. Here's your bus fare. Yeah. One of them, <laughs> you know, a bit like that. And I've rented cars with people before. Yeah. Yeah. That, you had that button actually ready for me. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready for me. I'm ready. Um, you know, and, and things like that happen. And, and the, the best school is a school of hard knocks, isn't it? As as people will say in just about any trade. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. did you go to building school? Well, I mean, I know you can go to college and do a bricklaying course these days and you can do joinery, but it, you don't, they only teach you, it's like learning to drive, isn't it? They only teach you how to pass a test, they don't teach you how to actually do the job. And they mm-hmm. don't teach you how to tartan paint, is it either, when no. you're on a building site? <laughs> no, they don't. All the sparks <laughs> for the grinder, all the left-handed spanners, <laughs> all the long weights. All the glass, the glass hammers. Sent for all of them. Um, you're old as fuck, you two. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite, a, it's, it's a funny bridge, isn't it, between you and me and Yeah, and although me. you're only four years older I mean, than me, so I know, that's not that bad. You be being very factual today, you're you're old as fuck. I mean, yeah, it's a fact, isn't it? It is a fact, mate. Yeah. 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 How old is fuck? 
Well, um, <laughs> older than me, I think, by one year. As old as you, as, as yeah. Yeah. says. Yeah. yeah well, definitely. it's a bit like shit, shitloads. That <laughs> just one, just one year older than me. Yeah. Just one year. I'm not just even fifty yet. Anyway, so I'm not far not, off. Not far off at all. There you go. See if I make it. See if. You <laughs> <laughs> or you're kind of in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's no, there's, there's no proper recognised school for it. I'm sure there are many, many university courses and degrees that you could do and should do. Mm. Um, uh, to to have a proper qualification in the background of all this stuff, um, you know, anything in sort of proper engineering and um, engines and how they work properly, but that doesn't give you any relation at all to the control software that's being used. Yeah, because that's again developed by whoever makes the ECU, and there's lots of different manufacturers. Most of what I work on is Bosch or Siemens. Um, there's loads of others. Do you remember Sega? Who used to make mobile yeah, phones? Yeah, I do. Yeah, your Clio. Oh, yeah. I'll have a Sega ECU in it. Right, okay. You know, yeah, they used to do phones, used to do I mobile, remember them, yeah. The Vodafone mobile yeah. phones. That yeah, I do remember much them. With them. You couldn't even send a text on them. No, shite. And they make ECUs for a Clio, what does it tell you? Shite. Not going to go there. Yeah. Um, but, but you, you know, there's lots of different manufacturers. Ford have their own ECU type that they make. GM have got their own ECU type that they make themselves. Um, and you can't be all things to all men. You can't learn the strategies and the you know the ideas around how those issues work for every different type because it's just not possible no. you know you can't you can't do everything it's a bit like saying you're a one-man man going to build a house you're going to do the brick laying, you're going to do the foundations you're going to do you know, mm-hmm. you're going to do the joinery you're going to do the electrics you can't you have to get people in to do that job don't you yeah well i can't um, do it anyway so i definitely have to definitely get people have to get somebody yeah. in yeah. Um, even if i could yeah so so I, I work mainly on bosch and siemens ecus and i believe i've got a reasonable understanding about how they work um and this brings me to the next point of it because there's no formal teaching there's no there's no real training in this and even if you worked at a manufacturer you you know i've heard people say in the past well you know he used to work at jlr uh, doing calibration not like we do because you you will have a um a calibration project at jlr to do like the two liter diesel engine or whatever it is it doesn't really matter um and you'll have a team that look after boost control you'll have a team that look after fuel injection you'll have a team that look after altitude corrections there's a lot of team that look after something else and all those things come together yeah to make the end product of the car actually running there's not one person who's changing a bit of that and changing a bit of that and changing a bit of that to make that whole thing work so even if you you, you could have 20 years experience at a manufacturer and still not have a clue how to tune a car in the way that we do it in the aftermarket uh, and that is manipulating things to work the way you want them to work and that brings me to the next point, really. There's no real way, there's no there's no right way to tune a, a car. There's lots and lots of wrong ways. There's, there's things you can do that are obviously going to screw something up. There's things that, that you could do that are quite questionable. You can take sef- safety features out. You can turn yeah. things off. There's things you definitely should not do. But there is no hard and fast way. It's a bit like art. It sounds like a bit of a, a fluffy way of explaining it, but the way I draw a picture, which will be shit, is different <laughs> to how you draw a picture. How, you know, different to how you. I draw don't a think picture. it is because mine would be shit as well. <laughs> yeah, would same. It, yeah, would, it, would it be as <laughs> shit? Would it be as shit? Who knows? Would it be shit, shit in a different way? Shit, <laughs> subjective though, isn't it? Subjective. No, I know what no, shit is. I know what shit is, and mine would be shit. You know, you always had that kid in primary school that could draw cars really well. Yeah. I wasn't that, that person. Was, no. there was, was it three the, boxes? And yeah, it was, the other, it was the other lad. I used to look at him. I thought, fucking hell, that's good, that. Well, show me how to do it. He's got the same hand as you. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> to be funny, I, I think he had one hand and like two fingers, and yeah. he's still better than me. Well, there you go. But, so, yeah, <laughs> I know I know shit, and it's mine. And maybe you're just a little bit behind me. No, my, my well, annoyingly, my mum can draw really, really well. She was a designer, and... Um, and never pass that down to me because I can't draw for shit. So what did you get off your parents? 
So back to the maps. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, fucking hell, not a lot, mate. <laughs> Certainly weren't any money, I know that. Ooh. <laughs> hey, well, there's time, yeah? There is time, yeah. yeah. We're trying. I'm, I'm trying to like squeeze every last bit of them out of them I can. Hey, on a serious note, you know, you said I could give advice on this podcast. Yeah, you're well, not qualified, I can give advice. You can give advice because you know what you're talking about. If you've you? any money, get rid of it. Okay, yeah, I don't know if that's good advice, but I'll take it. You've been doing that most of your life, haven't you, Leroy? If if you've got any money, get rid of it. That's the, sh- that's think, the short think, version. Have you been speaking yeah. to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? It's, 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 she it's does that, that woman mentality. <laughs> she does um, that. On a serious note, my poor old nan, 90 next week, and she's in a care home, and it's costing her £800 a week. Jesus. Right? Every week, yeah. rain or shine, right? And if she didn't have any savings, it would cost her nothing. Because the yeah. state would pay for it. Yeah. Because she's got savings, because she's worked hard to save something for, for me and my dad as she sees it in her head. Unfortunately, she's got a bit of dementia now. And, yeah. You know, and, yeah, it's, it's all being taken off her, um, you know, as, as a drip feed straight in. It's not the care home's fault. It's the way, it's just the, the way system. it works. Yeah. Uh, and if she had yeah. nothing... It should get exactly the same service in exactly the same place and it would be paid for by the state. It would cost her nothing. Do you know why I think that's the biggest irony of all that is because she's paid away and made, she's obviously made money through her life, which means she's and paid... And it isn't a fortune. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to discuss figures on here, yeah. but it's, it's, not, it's not six figures. Let's, let's be well, straight about that. She's, yeah. she's got some savings because they sold a house before they moved into an association bungalow in 2001 or whatever it was. And they've, they've, they've sort of squirreled that way in the bank and they've saved that thinking one day that my dad and, and perhaps me yep. will, will benefit from that and, and our children. And that but, but, but what I'm saying is she's earned the money. Yeah, which and means, paid the tax on it. I was yeah. about to say, so she paid tax. Yeah. So um, because you, you've got a certain amount of success, if, you, if you're earning money, you're successful, surely, in, in different levels of success. But you're not sat on the dole for 40 years, are you, until no. you retire. So she's made that money, saved that money, paid the taxes on it. Then she has to give that money back, Yep. basically. And I get the fact that the, this healthcare it costs money, right? Someone, yeah, someone's got to pay someone's for it. Someone's got to pay costs for money, it. We get it. But it's the irony for me is the people that do fuck all all the way through the life and pay nothing and take all these benefits, then at the end of the life, if they need a care, then they get that for free as well. Yeah. And that's the problem with society. That's why we have to pay so much tax. It's because of that. And yeah. that's that's the problem for me. But you've got to um, tax the rich more. Yeah, that's yeah, of course. Works, yeah. Right? If yeah. you earn more than 100 grand a year, you're going to pay some more tax. How does that work? Yeah. Mm. How it's, does that work? Surely you're working harder, so you're paying more tax anyway. Yeah. It's anyway, just, yeah. that's it, my Daily Mail. Exactly. exactly. This took a turn, this podcast. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. You can cut that bit out, No. Well, <laughs> as soon as you say about money, then oh, I'm fucking off on yeah, one. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's, it's difficult because we're here talking about performance cars. We're all talking about cars that range between, you know, 50 and 150 grand to buy. Within reason, you've got to be doing fairly well whether you buy it monthly, whether you buy it outright, it makes no difference. The people that listen to this podcast are people that are doing well for themselves because they've got those cars. And man A's person, you know, man A's doing well for themselves is different to man B. I, I totally understand that. And as a car enthusiast, I am just as enamored with my 10 grand A4 diesel as, you know, someone else might be with their, you know, 300 grand McLaren. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. There's different levels of, of individual success and how you feel about those things. But 
we're talking about cars that cost money. Cars do cost money. We have to fuel them. At the moment, it's 170, 180 a litre and all the rest of it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it's going to get any better. Thanks for reminding us of that. Sorry about that. You know, <laughs> anything half decent on your drive, you pay... Three V8s between us. Yeah. <laughs> and you pay £600 a year tax on all of them yeah. each, yeah. you know, and the rest, your showroom taxes are now out there, all the rest of it. So to have these cars that we're talking about and that people are interested in is listening to the podcast, you've got to have a few quid. Let's, yeah. let's use that term. And... If you've got a few quid, the chances are you're probably in. We're, we're as British people, we're all sat in this mindset. We've got to save for the future. We've got to do something for the future. We've got to think about our kids. We've got to think about whether you've got kids or not. You, you know where I'm coming from. You've got to think about the future. You've got to have think you? about the future. Yeah. Have you? Mm-hmm. I've got kids. Well, have we got kids or do you have to think no, for the I future? No, I mean, do, do you have to think for the future? Um, because I think you'd be very stupid if you don't. I think you're very stupid if you don't, but where do you have? Where do you stop and think, you know what, sod, I'm going on a cruise? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, well, I yeah, do that complete, every year. Completely yeah. understand that uh, mindset. I think what you've got to be is just a bit more savvy. You've got to you've got to think of the future because the problem is with the future is um, it's not the future when you get to it. It's like, oh, shit. Yes, now. Ten years down the line, oh, shit, this is here now. This yeah. is getting real. So, yeah, I think you've – I mean, people will be like, oh, live for today. But, but, but what there, about there tomorrow? Course, yeah, there is you a know. fine line. There is a balance. But I, because I like cars, I can't help it. I look back at all the money I've wasted on cars and I could have paid my mortgage off twice over. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. But instead, I've still got 21 years on my mortgage. Yeah. Because that's just life, isn't it? Hey, I'm only one, one year in ahead of you. So you, know where so you know where I'm coming from, exactly. And, you're younger and, than me, re- so you're all right. But realistically, <laughs> yeah, but who knows what's going to happen to me in the next 10 years. This is the difference. Well, we don't know what's going to happen in this podcast in the next 10 minutes. (laughs) That's a very good point. Um, But would you you look back and think, right, you've got 20 years on your mortgage to pay. Look at the interest you're paying. Should you have that RS6 at outside? No, really, I should spend five, six hundred quid a month off my mortgage. If you forget, that's the mindset we're all... And I think you should enjoy the RS6. I'm not saying you should throw everything away. I think it's a percentage scale scenario. There's not percent and there's 100%, 100% of going crazy and spending all your money and not percent of spending nothing and making sure all your bills are paid. I would like to think you should be sat somewhere in the middle, maybe just above halfway. Yeah. So you can enjoy spending your money and buying stuff, but just keep a little bit of a, you know, just a bit of a buffer. Rainy day money. There's a, t- day money. There's a reason that's a saying. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, don't get to 90 and still own a million pound house or this or that or the other because it isn't going to help you. No. One little bit. Or is it shite? Right. Daily Mail section done. (laughs) Can I, um, I want to say this because I like to uh, complain on the podcast and I know this is a podcast about you. Just let me tell you. I'm here here to chat with two very good friends. Thanks very much. Talking about enjoying yourself and spending money, right? I want to make this brief. So um, my friend messaged me yesterday. I told you about it and he said. I didn't message you. No, I said my friend. Um, (laughs) um, More than one. <laughs> so he said, uh, this guy's got um, a Quaif 69G gearbox, sequential um, straight cut box. So I've been uh, for the M3, for the E46. Mm-hmm. So he had it up. Now, this is an £11,000 gearbox, brand new. It's a brand new box, and he wanted eight and a half for it. So I got him down to eight, and I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to buy it because I can stick that in the car anytime in the future. I need to get some more power out of it first. But I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going I'm to buy it because I've wanted this gearbox, and it'll also fit the Sylvia with a different with a Sylvia bell housing for the um, for the two J. So I thought it, it it can be used in either. So yeah, eight grand's a lot of money, shitload of money actually. Um, and and then we had this conversation yesterday, and I was like, I'm going to get it past my wife. And you said, yeah. Well, I know you don't really keep anything from her, which I don't. But he said, You know, just obviously see what you can do. So yesterday I said, I've you bought be- a gearbox. <laughs> 
you're a shit out you. So you anyway, I, I like to get it off my chest. So I thought so I can't. You just came straight. You didn't look in. I just brought it all or straight in. No, I was messaging the guy and I was like, oh, just to let it, I've bought a gearbox. And she was like, oh, what is it? And how much? And I said, eight, eight grand. And um, I said, but it's a well, bargain. you told her? Yeah, yeah, I told her, yeah, because I'm dead The old. amount? Yeah, yeah, I, told, I just tell her. Oh, that's your first mistake. I can't I mean, do it. I can't do tell it. Her, tell her, yeah, but it was a steel lover. I got it for 1,500 quid. Exactly. Oh, did you? Yeah, but she looks, she knows what, she sees the account. So when, when eight grand Second comes mistake. out of it, <laughs> yeah, when eight grand comes out of it, she's like, what's that for? Well, it ain't for, any, ain't for anything on the house. So um, I said, and this is where we've had this discussion before, wife tax, right? Yeah. Yep. So to me, I know that eight grand gearbox is going to cost me more than eight grand. 16 grand. So. <laughs> That's um, how it is, right? Hopefully it's not. No, I don't think it is. So. Yeah, but um, you're, in the, you're in the lucky position where your missus is into cars. Yeah, she, but not gearboxes. She keeps, <laughs> she, she keeps saying, you just spent eight grand on she a She's not shift. asked about this. Yeah. She is not asked. This wine. Box, box. Yeah. It's a straight cut box as well. Yeah, it's going to wine more than, he's going to wine more or less than. <laughs> It'll wine more than a helical, um, or helical, heli- helical, because they, they sort of like, because I was, I was reading, I'm a gearbox expert now. Really? So straight cut. How are you on wars? Um, <laughs> were you any good at uh, pandemics previously too? No. no. All no. we know is that Putin's a cunt. He is. He's a cunt. And he's <laughs> probably got He's probably got he's one of these right gearboxes as well. <laughs> he might well have, yeah. You know, in, one so. of his, in one of his stolen tanks or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tank with a with a straight cut box in it, whining away. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I said, um, and she was like, right, don't say anything to me about what I'm spending on the house. So I was like, well, just do what the fuck you want. Anyway, so I got away with uh, 2,500 wife tax. Serious? Yeah, yeah. And it's That's some, a win for any man, man. Yeah. yeah, it's a win-win because it's a new bed. So I, I get half of it anyway. <laughs> get in. You know How have saying? you done that? I Can know, you yeah. write a book about this? Because yeah. you've, you've broken the... I, I don't fuck about me, you know. cycle, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so you thought I got fucked over then. I thought Which, you'd get well fucked over. So basically, yeah. this box has cost eight grand. The guy's delivering it for free because he's going Donny on uh, next month. So he said, I'm coming, because he's in Scotland, Perth, which is fucking miles away, yeah. past Edinburgh. So probably five hours, something like that. So he said, I'm coming past your place. So M6. he's literally passing. So I'm drop, yeah. he's dropping it off. So um, That's some commitment to go to Donny for a track day from Perth. Yeah, he said he's fed up with doing Knock Hill, which I can understand, because I couldn't be asked going to Knock Hill, because it's seven hours away from here. Oh, fuck that. So, you know, same for him. He's, he's doing it, but he's, he's a racing, he does racing and stuff. So yeah. anyway, he said, I'm going down there. I drop it off, and so I was like, right, okay. So I got I got that thing past my wife, but the thing is, uh, the eight grand gearbox should have been eleven grand. It leaves t- the, the receipt. He's got the receipt for ten grand. It's never been in a car, brand new. Um, he's going to throw in a custom prop shaft because the original one won't supposedly handle the the, the harshness the of yeah. all the stuff going on. Uh, extreme clutch, which we've got in the um, S fifteen, S fifteen, yeah. which we know that's a good clutch. Yeah. Something else that does something else with something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> about 11 grand's worth of gear, maybe 12 pushing, right? And you're paying 11 grand for it. And I'm paying 11 grand for <laughs> it with a bed. bed. But I get a free bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I tell you, mate, you That's broke good. the mold, eh? Yeah. You really have won. Well played. On so, it's only yeah. taken 10 years. So, sorry for, uh, yeah, sorry for like interrupting the, the, podcast. the podcast but I, I, could, I had to just tell people I understand yeah. I, I've been nobbled that Orion that I mentioned earlier on let's go back to shit Fords um, <laughs> I bought that off eBay on a Sunday sat on the bog right, right. it was up to I'm not going to actually I'm not going to tell you how much money it was because you'll laugh me out of the park because I spent so much money on a Ford but it was up for X amount of money right on the Sunday some of the bids got cancelled 
and it went down in money. And oh, I thought, oh, nice. now it's back into where I think I should probably pay for it. I'm, in, I'm into that. So I probably in it. Win. Everything's great. Goes down to work on the Tuesday. I jack one of our lads on Tuesday night. I says, I'm going to Peterborough, fetch his car. You're going to call me? Yeah, 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 come with me. So I made some story up about how I got to go and do something and pick my mate's car up or some shit. I can't remember. Heads off to Peterborough. Sees the car. Gets it all sorted. You know, he obviously does the logbook online, right? And in the first time you've ever heard of the DVLA being super efficient, the logbook got home before I did on the Thursday night. No And the missus said, what the fuck's a Ford Orion? <laughs> <laughs> and so I got completely rumbled by the DVLA's efficiency because I'd not told her I bought this car, obviously, and it was going to stay down at work, so no one was going to know it was there. <laughs> so I yeah. had to fess up on how much money I'd spent Busted. on this car. Yeah. And that's, so the wife that's, tax that's, on that, that was a lot more than, in percentage really? terms. So what, how much did that cost you? It cost me the same as, as the car, really? effectively. See, I don't, I just get taxed like the HMRC, 20% usually. It's roughly, maybe a little bit more, You're maybe 30. You're never a 20% taxpayer. Uh, He's the, got a good accountant. In the early <laughs> stages, yeah. Um, yeah, overall. Okay, now we've got Jimmy Carr over here, haven't we? <laughs> she's, probably, um, she's probably overall, you, you pay some at 20, you pay some at 40, don't you? Yeah. Um, so at 30%, I probably, yeah, that, that's more or less, yeah. 30% wife tax I had yesterday. On the I'd, I'd, you know what? I'd rather pay the wife tax than pay HMRC. The problem yeah. is they want their bit as well, don't they? That is the problem, that yeah. That is the problem. So, yeah, it's just the old tax at the end of the day. And it, and it comes back to the thing, if you do, you might as well just get rid of your, rid of your stuff. You might as well have have assets like gearboxes and cars mm, because you can't, you can't pay for fucking uh, healthcare with that, can you? That's yeah. my, my argument is everything I buy is an asset that can be realised back into money. Definitely. Maybe a little bit less money. But yeah. that's the part that's you own something and that's the yeah. part of owning it, isn't it? That's, Whereas yeah. if you go and buy, you know, two hundred quid's worth of air from B and M that you'll never see again. Mm. <laughs> that's yeah. what you bought, isn't it? Exactly. You say air or hair. I mean, I'll, I'll have two hundred quid for the hair. Both of you would. But yeah. no, I did say air. I meant as in as in shit, as in completely pointless yeah. nothingness. Oh, we, um, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone's bought two hundred quid of a pointless shit before, haven't they? Oh, yeah. few I mean, times. I'm still doing it. You've been Literally. on wish. <laughs> no, it's I like actually. Amazon, but everything's really shit, shit yeah. and really small, and it takes about eight weeks to get here. But yeah, so it's Chinese, then. oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but it's the same shit that's being sold on Amazon. It just takes eight weeks to yeah. come, and it's half the price. Amazon Basics. <laughs> it's basically what they're saying is it's <laughs> wish stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah shite. Basically that. To be fair to Amazon, though, it's usually quite good stuff. We got, I got some new cables, only 12, 12 quid, but I think they're Amazon specials, but they work. I don't give a fuck what it says on the thing. If it works and it's good quality, you don't you care put how many Chinese babies were sacrificed. To exactly. Make it. As long as it doesn't say fucking Mazda, I'm not bothered. <laughs> They'd be Japanese babies, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good to go otherwise. Not serious beef with Mazdas. <laughs> Sounds, have, it. Yeah. Sounds it. So there's actual map inside of things. Mm. Getting back to that, where does that? I mean. Have we got what have we got going on in the background here? I think every man and his dog's mowing the lawn by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, hopefully we can't see it. They can't hear so it. apologies if that definitely is picking can't up. See it. We've definitely had a plane over. I've heard that. Yeah. Me. Hopefully it was one of ours. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah, it wasn't a missile. But uh, even the flies have pissed off because they're like fucking too noisy in here. But yeah. we haven't got the professional podcast. When we get up to a thousand Patreons, then we and might... And where it is, isn't it, Pete? Right, so so before we get back into mapping, Ben, I hope you don't yeah. mind, Go can on. you explain Patreon to me? Because I thought it was for dirty pictures of girls. No, that's OnlyFans. And only as fans. a consequence, oh, I've right. never been okay. on it. OnlyFans. Oh, you might be able to do that on Patreon, actually, as well. I don't... Dirty pictures. I've just, I've, I know Patreon as YouTube... If someone's got a YouTube channel and they want some 
sort of like um, just um, like what would you call it? Obviously, it's a support it's a platform. Isn't it's that? a support Forget platform, yeah. and people can donate. And it's a bit like just giving for YouTube channels, in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't know. And that helps might you to do run this podcast. Else. It helps run the podcast. So yeah, your equipment and your and your costs involved. Yeah, and all it's the not cost. paid for the equipment yet. Are no, of course. I imagine that's an investment you've had to make. Yeah. Um, so how many patrons have you got at the minute? Because um, you, you were knocking 150, were we, you? We definitely need to stop now. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. We have got four. How many have we got? 150 odd. <laughs> right, so one thing I want to know, because I, I think it's important, like, when I say important, it's important for me as a, a person who likes to mess about with cars and make them go faster, mm. is that what sort of makes a safe tuner and a non-safe tuner, what is involved in actually mapping a car from start to finish, I know we've only got, well, we ain't got as long as you'll probably need to explain the whole thing. But what I'm saying is, there's like, to give you a bit of context around it. So there was um, two tuners, I won't name them. For those who will have seen it on Facebook, uh, I've spoken to you about this already, Ben, so you'll have an idea who it was. But there's two tuners. One was up in Scotland and one's down here somewhere, I think. And um, very well known. And it was mainly to do with RS3 stuff. You're sort of like more or less giving it away, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like giving, yeah. One's based in Glasgow, the other's based <laughs> in Oxfordshire. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was, there, was, there was massive kickoffs on Facebook because yeah. one was saying, um, well, fuck, it doesn't matter anyway because it was on Facebook. Everyone can see it. It was Infinite and uh, MRC. Yeah. And but, by the way, we ain't getting involved in No, it. no, we're not. We're it, just stating a fact. We're not. On and I'll state a fact. I won't get involved with it either. No, but... But <laughs> I can give an opinion on it if you'd like me to. Your opinion is, is uh, yeah, because... There's people saying, oh, uh, this you, you didn't leave these uh, safety measures in. They were took out, um, and that's the reason why you're bending um, rods all over the place and all this kind of shit. So what is actually involved in making a very, very good, efficient, safe map? How do you even, how do you even start with that? Okay. I'll start this conversation with, if I had to ask anybody what I, something I needed to know about tuning an RS3, I'd ring one of those two tuners. Right, okay. And I've, right. Got an, I've got a good... Got a are good they up or down? I'd say, yeah, I'd say they're further down. <laughs> um, and nothing against the you know anybody yeah. else or anyone else who tunes cars. Um, there's, you know, the, the gentleman that writes the maps at uh, that company, uh, Mr. MRC, yeah. his initials. Doug? No. He's not um, Doug. 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 Doug is UK. The gentleman behind mapping side of things is Minia. Right. Um, yeah. Hands down, one of the best tuners around, full okay. stop. Uh, very, very experienced, very logical. Um, and in my opinion, to have anybody calling somebody with that kind of experience who's got a very long track record of being very, very good at their job um, and, uh, you know, sort of calling it out on a public forum and you did this and you did that. Yeah. It, it says who? says normally the protagonist and that's the problem right okay. um, and that's what we get with tuning in general there'll be yeah. lots of people um who no doubt have got things to say about the way i've tuned a car or who bended this to my car and it we did this or it went bang or it wasn't fast or it was name one of the above and that's unfortunately something you get exposed to now the fact of the matter is if you completely abuse a totally standard car you'll break it Right. doesn't matter how hard Audi, Mercedes, whoever try. If you try hard enough, you'll break a stock car. If you don't service it properly, if you don't look after it, if you go out on a track day in a standard car and you rag the brakes to within an inch of their life to the point where they're absolutely cherry red, and then you sit on the brakes at the end of the lap or put your handbrake on, the pads will bake onto the discs, fact. Yeah. 
it's just what will happen. And then whose fault's that? Is it the manufacturer? Is it because they didn't think about the time you might put your brakes on when the discs were hot and now your brake pads are knackered? Do you, you see where I'm going? Yeah. And the same thing happens with, with engine tuning and there's lots and lots and lots of ways to do the job. We're not into skinning cats, evil GT, I'm sure. But there's lots of different ways no. you can do so. Yeah, probably, um, probably fuck that up if it was. Yeah. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah we <laughs> Shit, it's not a cat. We just give it, give it somebody else to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, get somebody in. Um, yeah. But but yeah, you know, taking those that individual thing out. Obviously, you've seen that as a as a as a punter, um, you know, out and about on the forums. And in my opinion, those things shouldn't happen. The industry should be more professional than yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent. And. You know, I have been in the past. People have rang me and I've rang them about things, you know, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is most people who tune cars behind the scenes, we talk to each other. Um, Minia in particular, we're talking from MRC, helped me out with the Bentley probably four or five years ago that I broke and he managed to get it rebuilt. He's the only person who, A, bothered and B, could. Because right. he's an extremely intelligent person and knew exactly the ins and outs of what was going on in that particular ECU. And I had no hope of getting that running without him. Right. Um, you know, and he helped me out a lot. And I'm not singing his praises just because he helped me out. He helped me out, wouldn't even accept a drink. Right, fair play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He did he did that because he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, um and it's not even about helping me. He owed me nothing. I'm a I'm a I'm a rival tuner in lots of respects. So perhaps taking business away from, you know, yeah. in my own little way. So um, he's just a genuinely nice guy. Just in my opinion, a genuinely nice guy. In my experience, not just my opinion, not something I've formed from what other people have said or what a forum said. In my experience, a genuinely nice guy um, and the tuning world and I'd say any industry needs more people like that and you get this don't matter if you've had a house built some other one comes along another builder oh well they've screwed that up and that's not true and this is bad and blah blah, blah. it doesn't matter a lot of it's conjecture a lot of it's subjective and this we go back to you know tuning a car is a little bit like making love to a beautiful woman um, and that's probably too there's too lots of, lots you'll, of you'll get that reference he won't I honest about saying it. there's like lots of right ways to do it is that what there's, there's, yeah, there's lots. Of, <laughs> I've got a nine-inch tongue, and I can breathe through my ears. Um, there's uh, there's, uh, um, there's lots and lots and lots of right ways. There's there's lots and lots and lots of wrong ways. I suppose there's no right way, really. Um, and this is tuning cars. At the end of the day, standard ones go wrong. That's why we have warranty on cars, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to start pushing the envelope of a standard car to, you know. 30 or 50 or sometimes 100 or 100 plus percent of what the standard car's power output was, you're going to find problems. You will find a thing that's going to break. And the problem is with, with that engine, it only takes a spark plug tip, you know, a, a couple of millimetres of steel and that's I it. Suppose, yeah, um, yeah. From my, my point of view, like looking in from the outside, it probably like blowing a balloon up. A balloon will burst at different points. Yep, same so, balloon, same production line. Yep. And same it, person blowing it up. Yeah, and it's the same. It might blow it this big. It might blow it. It might. It could do because yep. everyone's different. So, what's the best provider of balloons, Lee? Well, the ones that make you go funny in the head. <laughs> you know, the ones that you you put the stuff in and then just suck, suck it balloons. Up. Yeah, I'm only joking, by the way. <laughs> of course, I don't. Not. I don't. I've never done that. But no, yeah, ever the funny ones. You know, when you when you put the heat, is it helium? Helium and you balloon, talk, yeah. And then your your voice yeah. goes funny. Yeah. They're the best balloons, <laughs> but not when I do it. My brother-in-law does it, he used to, and I'm like, I'll laugh at you, mate. You sound like a dickhead. It's funny. <laughs> but your analogy is not far away, yeah. actually. You, when you start pushing things beyond the design limitations, like I said, they break at design limitations. That's what a warranty's for. So we're now talking normally about cars that are well out of the warranty. So Audi wouldn't stand on a fault, even if, you know, even if it was in warranty because you've tuned it. 
But let's just say you haven't tuned it. If your car went wrong at five years old and it was completely standard, what are you going to do? Write to Audi and tell them off. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter to them. It's out of warranty. Yeah. Move on. Some things failed and things do. And especially when you start pushing the limitations of what, you know, w- what they're designed to do. And we all, anybody reputable who, who knows what they're doing and actually does it for themselves, because there's, there's, there's a lot in the industry that they just buy a map from somebody else and brand it as their own. There's, there's lots of people that do that in lots of different industries. Um, and in lots of respects, there's nothing wrong with that too. There's lots of tuning companies who um, will tune pretty much anything. They'll turn a few things up by 15 20%, send it out the door, car's a bit faster. Mondeo man thinks the car's great, off you go. There's the other customer that are chasing every last horsepower. And sometimes they're a better customer because they understand when things go bang. Sometimes they're a worse customer because you've got three horsepower less than XYZ said he got on the internet. Yeah. You, you, you could get, you, you'd be in it all day. So really the best way to tune a car is tune one that, that is a day out of warranty. Because if anything no. goes wrong with the car, it, it's out of warranty anyway. Um, because if we're getting that new RS3, yeah. and if we tune it in yeah. any way, yeah. the warranty's gone. Correct. It's a brand new car. Why wait till your warranty's out then? Because you've got no warranty anyway if it does break. Well, at least if you break it when it's in warranty, you'd all the rest more, of the car's still covered. You'd be more pissed off though, wouldn't you? Would you? Yeah, because you'd be like... Because oh, I've wondered this hell. a few times. Because if you wait until the day it's out of warranty, you've got no warranty, right? Yeah. If you tune it while it's in warranty... You might lose warranty on the engine, and if they got really funny about it, they might say, hmm, drivetrain, you know, oh, you broke your gearbox. Well, you I know do. for a fact they are funny about that because there was a guy in the newspaper, uh, one of the newspapers. Is this the R8 guy? The R8. Mm. It's been tuned. The engine was tuned. Yep. The gearbox went. Yep. And they said 30 grand for a new gearbox. Thank you very much. Yep. And that was because the engine was tuned. In As far as I know, well, what, I, I don't, he might have had a gearbox map on it. Who knows? But. The way I read the article, it was because the car was tuned. I've had it myself, my mm. own S4. Um, there was this documented gearbox faults with the L501 S4 gearboxes on the B8. B8.5 was slightly better because they updated a few things. Um, and my own gearbox went, I took it into Audi under warranty. They're like, no, it's been tuned. I'm like, right. Can you please tell me how that makes a difference? Yeah, because you're running more power. So it's the same gearbox as an RS4, which has more power. More power, even more so than what I've tuned it to. So can you please tell me how that works? Obviously, I didn't get anywhere. Mm. So I was, just about, to, I was just about to say, yeah. It doesn't matter where you get yeah. your technical arguments from. They don't care, and that's yeah. fine. There's no problem. I'd tune my car. It's on my head. Audi wanted to charge me six grand to put it right. It actually cost me 100 quid. <laughs> All that failed was the controller board, yeah. um, and because they're, they're bathed in oil, because they're in the gearbox oil, that could be anywhere between, you know, sort of 1,700 degrees or whatever, the boards separate inside the controller and they, they just break it is a shit design and in your opinion was that down to the tune or would that have failed absolutely a, not it would have so failed anyway failed anyway right yeah yep. and that's the, and that's the problem you've got how do you prove that because, you can't because they'll say we're not even interested in you proving it or not yeah. you've modified the car your warranty's gone so if you so. do that if you do that on day one of owning the car or day three years and one day what difference does it make? Because you've still got no warranty, but you've enjoyed your car for three yeah, years. you've got a point. Do you see where I'm coming from? It's, it's, it's a very flippant comment to make, and but, I don't mean it in that way. It's not that simple for everybody. I mean, yeah. I mean on the fact of if... I know what you're saying, but it, if that if that part fails in warranty, then it's going to be replaced. Yeah. So you might as well... Because you're paying all this money for a brand new car because it has got a warranty. Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the reasons I used to buy new cars because yeah. I knew from the day I took it out, it, you know was you a, it was three years. Yeah. And obviously other manufacturers, you get even more, don't you? Well, now. On some of the old. Buy, buy an MG, you get seven or whatever it is. Yeah. It? Do you want I to buy an MG? Kia. Kia. Dad might. 
Oh, my dad will... Yeah, because that's the thing. He wants warranty. Literally that. He's not asked about what the car looks like or how fast it is. He just wants... Uh, I, I know I'm, I'm worry-free for well, seven yeah, years. Yeah, and your own drives are seven years, yeah. whatever, aren't they? So, yeah. so, yeah, that's why, you know, one of the good things about buying a... Because otherwise, really, might as well just buy a second-hand one. Of course. I mean, and, like and I said, my comment could be taken completely out of context. Yeah, I get, um, I get what you mean. it's one point of view. It's one... It's one yeah, and, it's a, point of, and yeah. it's a point of view. We've yeah. all got different ones. Definitely. But you've explained it in a way that, yeah, I sort of like agree with that, but mm. also I still think the other way as well. If I bought a 60 grand RS3, would I tune it? Probably not, and I tune cars for a living. Mm. You know, I can understand also that 60 grand car would be a huge investment for me personally, and so would I want to tune it? I probably wouldn't because it's probably... But, I haven't really got... I ain't got 10 grand in the back pocket to fix it if it did go wrong. That's exactly know? what the point that's, is. Yeah. If you're going to buy yeah. a brand new car... You've got to think, what's the worst going to happen? Engine can go pop. I yeah. don't know how much that new engine would be to replace. I can I can imagine five figures well into it. Yeah, because well, the old, it does is 10 or 11 grand, isn't it? Yeah, it's used like with yeah, 40k exactly. on it, yeah. Um, obviously, if the gearbox goes, whatever. I mean, the gearbox shouldn't go of course not. running 80 horsepower more. No. So if you're running that car at, from 400 to 500, for argument's sake, the gearbox should be fine. Yeah, I mean, in they're good terms for what? of headroom. I mean, what are they good for? Well, they what are they good for? What are they good for? Because there's people running 800 horsepower on stock gearboxes, yeah. change clutches and stuff, don't get me wrong. But, you know, in terms of the actual gearbox and the mechanics and the diffs and the, you know, the bits that transmit the power, yeah. having said that, I know people who've got, you know, bigger power cars, um, C8 RS6, that blew a gearbox up. Yeah. You know, on a stage one map uh, because of the yeah. amount of torque it can produce. So it's it's difficult. The the, the question is in tuning. And is that's always, the balloon. That's the balloon that's scenario. That's the balloon. Because everything's where different. does it go? Where at what point does it go? You could do twelve hundred horsepower through it. Yeah, and it might Once. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then how many times can you blow that balloon up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and will it be stress. fine every single yeah. time? You just you just yeah. And there's a lot of this. It's the, you know, you just don't know. So all you can do in terms of a development process is you can log the car, you can instrument the car, so you put all your, your thermocouples on there, you measure the turbo speed, you measure the turbo temperature, measure your oil temperature, measure your exhaust gases, measure intake temperatures, measure knock. I mean, we don't use DETCANs these days, you can do if you want to, but we just do that through data logging, to be What's honest. What's that, detonation summit? Yeah, DETCANs are a pair of headphones that you'd have, oh. you know, literally... So you can end. hear. So you can hear. There's a couple of ways of doing it. You can get a, a, a module that transmits to a normal pair of headphones, or right. you can use a, a you know one with a proper metal tube that'll go to the engine, and wow. you can hear when it's what the engine's doing. A bit like the age old putting a screwdriver on the engine. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I'm well, professional at that, mate. It's not oh, yeah. age old, is yeah, it? Because I'm, people no. still use it. Yeah, I'm professional yeah. at that. Yeah. But you'll know, like you'll, oh, with experience, I'm assuming that you tune cars almost to it's complete and utter limit and then you dial that back to no. So for argument's sake, the reason I'm saying that is because generally speaking on the 8V mm. um, RS3, and I'm talking about RS3s just because I've got a bit more experience with them now, but yeah. generally, no matter what horsepower you run that car at, you would cap the um, torque off at no more than about 700 newton metres because mm -hmm. that's about the safe sort of level. And a lot of this is anecdotal, remember. So is it is that the safe limit? Ah, oh, well, people say about 750, you start bending rods. People say, or people have done. Yeah. No one really knows. And you will run into some sort of limitation, and then you've got to find out what the limitation is you, as in the software. Yeah. Have you found all the things that you need to find in order to tune that car properly? Have you got a mechanical limitation? Have you got a rod that's likely to bend, or have you got a, you know, a piston that can't take that amount of heat, or whatever? If that's the case, do you need to put more fuel in to keep it cooler? Do you need to run less ignition? If you have to do that, can you supply the fuel? Are the injectors big enough? Is the low pressure pump big enough? Is the high pressure pump big enough? 
is lots and lots of little things. So each stage of, of pushing a car, um, don't get me wrong, in a stage one car, you're not likely to run into a lot of these issues. But, you know, these are the stages that you have to go through. You will, on a stage one car, probably hit a limitation where things are getting too hot, your charge temperatures are too high, the intercooler can't cope. Yeah, which is usually the case with that. And then the car, starts, the car starts pulling back. Yeah. And you can give it a bit more boost, but actually more boost creates more heat, could even create less horsepower. Should you run less boost and more ignition timing, have you got good enough fuel to run more ignition timing? You know, that's yeah. that's when you start getting to the nth degree. So you can make your normal stage one sort of tune within 10, 15 horsepower of each other when you look around the spread of, of professional tuners that do this job. And we'll all be in the same kind of ballpark. The differences are then that it's probably a couple of three weeks to get a decent stage one made then six weeks of, to test a decent stage one to make sure it's okay on the road and it drives properly and there's no weird foibles that it comes up with or it affects the throttle pedal in a weird way or whatever it might be before you start then giving it to two or three people as a proper beta release and let them test it before you go on sale with it. But it's then, it's not the six weeks, it's the six months or the two years or the continued development where you find that extra couple of horsepower here and there mm-hmm. as you learn. Because you learn every day, you have to. If you don't learn every day, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. That's 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 how I've always put it with with tuning. I, I mentioned earlier, on, I came from an IT background. There's always a different way of doing something. There's always a different way to learn. There's always a, you know, whether it's better or worse, it's just different. And what works for guy A might not work for guy B. But the great thing is, as I mentioned about being here from MRC, um, you know, using his name in particular, a lot of people who do actually tune cars actually talk to each other. And if I open Facebook Messenger and dropped Minier a message now the chances are I'd reply within a couple of hours and say, mate, just have a quick look at this, this or this. Um, I don't think there's much advice I'd be able to give him, but people ask me sometimes, how would you do this? Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean they're wrong. How would you do it? And yeah. the end result for you guys is how does the car drive and what does the dyno plot look like and what, you know, what power does it make? There's lots of ways to get in there. Yeah. We can all draw a picture of a horse. Is it any good? You still got a picture of a horse there. Back, back to drawing. Back to drawing again. I'm sorry, we are. We are. But yeah. we know yours is going to be shit. As long, yeah. As long as you don't ask me to draw a picture of a Mazda, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so my, my biggest thing because now, um, since then, um, AUNIT Infinite is he started to offer people warranties with their tunes and engine builds and things. That's an interesting one. I can't remember. So you'd have to go on his website and check it all out. Um, uh, for for a unit infinite, I've only ever seen there was the the bits around the fire. He, there was a car that caught fire, which he had investigated. It's happened to more than one, and it well. turned out it wasn't his. You know, and quite rightly, and and the things that I've seen from um, a unit infinite seem to be very very good. The um, it sounded to me like MRC and Infinite have had these little sort of quiet digs amongst themselves, and then on that particular day, it all just sort of booted off. But. Um, which is a shame because you don't want to see that on a public forum. You, do you? you really you know, don't. That needs to be a private thing. It's damaging for both parties, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. You know, people say all publicity is good publicity, and I think that there has to be a limit with that, really, whether it is good publicity or not. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to win. Because in a forum situation, you're going to have fanboys for MRC, fanboys for Infinite Performance, yeah. all in a melting pot. Let, let, let's just just strip it back from that situation for just a moment using a Sony camera over there and there's a Panasonic camera there, which is best. 
you've actually bought them both, but you'll have somebody who'll swear by the Sony and it's well, the best yeah. and it's this. It depends it, what you're using them for. That's good for that. Yeah, that's yeah. good for one person. It's so thing. subjective. And, yeah. and, what's, and what's good for one person isn't good for another. And one person that sends all day on a motorway, one person that does track days, one person that wants 209 to an autobahn. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's different use cases for all of these things. Um, and what is best? To be honest, the people that are preaching about what's best probably know the least yeah. about it. The, you know, with the greatest respect, the end customer. Yeah. However, what they can give you is the is the real nitty gritty subjective feedback that you do need as a tuner, saying ah, it feels too aggressive. I love the way the boost comes in. I don't like this because it makes it wheel spin. I don't, you know, it's obviously not an honestly, but you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so sometimes it's that children's thing again. You know, if you if you if if you can get my twelve year old son to work out how to click that button and tune that car, it must be easy to use. It's brilliant. release it to a load of dealers. At the same time, if it's really, really complicated, it becomes a difficulty. So you need that that childlike, innocent feedback, and that's what you get from customers driving cars because they don't know the ins and outs of how it's been no. done or why. No. And that's great because, actually, I don't need you to worry about how that's done. That's in my head and the tuning that we've done. You translate that in your own but, mind, yeah. Yeah, but please tell me how it drives because if what I've done makes it drive like shit, I need to know about it. Yeah. And I need to understand why, do some data logs, you know, get the car. Is it a car thing? Is it that car that does it? Is yeah. it that car and that software version? Is it that car in a particular situation? Certain what hardware is you're using. Lots anything. and lots yeah. and lots of, of you know, um, variables that are involved. And that's what makes the job hard but really interesting because my, my heart and soul is in problem solving. Yeah. You can see problem solving as getting more power from a car is solving a problem, you know, in some respects. So, but also, I've got this weirdness that happens at three thousand RPM, only when it's, you know, there's a westerly wind and it's four degrees outside. Right. Okay. I need to find out what that is. Yeah. And I'm quite tenacious. I won't stop until I found it. There's no such thing as. Sorry, I can't find that. You know, that's that's not an option, is it? When you're a paying customer, no. so you've got to get to the bottom of that stuff, and that's what I really enjoy doing. Fair um, play. But yeah, you know, when it comes to safeties and things like that, there are certain safety measures you will have to manipulate or turn off in some respects, or at least increase to get more power from a car. Yeah. If if Audi deemed that it's okay only to inject fuel for nine mil, you know, nine milliseconds per injection cycle, and you need to get more fuel, you'll have to change that window to eleven. You know, is that removing a safety limit, or is that manipulating the figures to make the car do what you want it to do? One person, an Audi engineer, will definitely tell you that's the safest limit because if you inject for any longer, you could get, you know, knock or what, you know, whatever the, it could yeah, be. Yeah. And the answer is once again, it's subjective. What one person deems to be correct and okay and allowed, another person might disagree with. Yeah. So the way I do things could be scrutinised and and you know, it could be looked at negatively by somebody else. The way they do it might be looked negatively by me. We both got the same result. Are both of them safe? Have neither of them blown up? We're all good. We're all good. And that's the thing, I think, like the, the actual safety, because ECUs have things like if, I don't know, I mean, I'm saying this very, very crudely now because I don't really know, but be things like um, if if a, if it develops so much knock, the yep. ECU will be like, right, that's it. Pulls um, your timing out, yeah. adds fuel. Um, yeah. And that's the thing with some tuners are saying that other tuners are taking that out completely. They're taking that that level of um, safety out of the ECU. They're telling it to not look for that and to not dial anything back or or forward or whatever. And that's the the worrying bit sometimes is that you want to know that you're pushing your engine. Clearly, you're pushing your engine and components to that yep. when you tune it. Obviously, that's you know you, you're going above and beyond. 
But what you also want to know is if something's not quite right, that the, the, the car's still got its features in place to say, no, I'm not happy with this. So we're, we're going into limp mode or something along them lines to, to try and make sure everything's safe. Yeah. But that's why I've got massive respect for Ayun. I know that Ayun and Doyle, I don't know who picked the fight. I'm not really bothered who picked the fight, whatever. But I've got massive respect for, for Ayun particularly now because it's like he's sort of putting his money where his mouth is a little bit. He's particularly offering these warranties. The warranty I mean, thing's really interesting. That, I'd love to know. The background. You'd have to have a look. I can't. Yeah. I don't want to repeat what um, uh, what exactly the mileage and years because I, I can't yeah, remember, correct, yeah. and I don't know if it is right. Yeah. So you'd have to go and have a look at it of, yeah. as to what you know what he is offering it with and stuff like that. But that for me is I've not. I don't know of any other company that that does that. Tune particularly. That's brave. We've yeah. offered a warranty, and I lost it previous to that on my own company. And the difficulty we've got in the UK is is, um, and some of this is speculative, so again, don't take my advice as, as as gospel truth. But from what I understand, a warranty has to be backed by an insurance provider. Okay. And an insurance provider, to be an insurance provider, has to have money lodged at Lloyd's of London and all that rubbish that I don't really understand the ins and outs of. So there's a difference between, and it's all about legal wording and stuff, isn't it? About an actual warranty or a thing or a whatever. Our problem at Racing Line is that because we're worldwide, we might be able to do something that was was useful in the UK, but it wouldn't be any use to anybody else outside the UK. So then, how do you, yeah, you know, how do you differentiate? And it becomes a bit of a nightmare. Um, I would love to do the same thing, and I've I've wanted to do that for such a long time. And I could stand on on point and say the number of failures we've had is very, 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 very low um, compared to the volume of cars that we tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and when those failures do occur, nine times out of ten, you could attribute them to something else, or wear and tear, or the car's done this, or whatever. It also doesn't really matter, you know, what we normally do is, right, okay, shit happens, we'll just deal with it. Yeah. You know? um, so so this, really... And there right, are tuners like that, sorry then, sorry Lee, there are tuners out there that do do that, aren't there? That, that, I think any tuner who's worked on your car, when, you, when you're working on someone's car and you're spending, you know, whether you're spending 500 quid or, or 50 grand on tuning your car makes no difference, you build a relationship with the customer one way or another, don't you? Whether mm-hmm. it's through a dealership, whether it's an Audi sales yeah. you know, in your role previously, or whether it's one of our dealers at Racing Line who are selling a tune to somebody. Either way, there's a relationship built, and that's either a relationship with the brand as a whole or an individual who works at that brand or a representative of that brand. If somebody comes to me and says, I had my car tune last week and it blew up today, I'd be gutted. Yeah. I'd do everything I possibly can, including so, put my hand in my pocket to get it fixed. So yeah. when you're saying about warranties, even though you don't offer a warranty, you are really, aren't do you? you? Do you need to offer a warranty that's on what, paper? That's the that's, that's what I'm the saying, le- yeah. that's the legal part that mm. makes it very difficult. Because you you're sorting the customer out anyway, aren't at, you? In, at no point would I ever tell way. a customer you're on your own, pal. Yeah, yeah. Tough because thought. because that that's not first of all, it's not good for business. No, at all. No. You know um, that would spread like wildfire on a, on an internet forum. There's so, a few that it has. So I'm sure we, it has, yeah. and it won't have done them any favors. No. So if we get the um, uh, the new RS3 and you tune it and the yeah. engine goes pop, yeah. I know what you'll say to us. I fucking on your own, mate. Yeah. I personally will <laughs> not remortgage my house to make <laughs> no, you that. No, no, no. And um, I, I presume uh, it's not an R8 gearbox, but I bet that's into five figures I bet as well. It's 10 grand, yeah. yeah, but it yeah. is ten grand. Yeah. yeah. Is it the DQ500? Is it DQ500? It's, it's an evolution it, of the DQ500. So is it the same? One, basically the same. Basically gearbox. the same as the previous one, which is why it's so sparkling of what they've done with making it so much quicker than the 8V. Yeah. Because it's actually the same package. Do you know it's what? It's funny. Similar. 
in theory, they've tuned the gearbox. They have. That, so they, and, they're and tuning their own product. Do you know what? Yeah. They've done a better job than I ever could do because they've tuned that engine and gearbox and they've made the same power but made it a shitload faster. Yeah. Yeah. Which means they must and have. The, and they're giving a warranty on it as well. And, <laughs> and like anybody else apart from a unit infinite performance yeah. yeah they're offering a warranty yeah. well we yeah. think he's offering a warranty who I, knows I can't check, his, remember. check his website yeah go don't, and have a don't look. believe I, I'm, I mean it. I'm not plugging him I've only ever spoken to him once on the phone and he seemed like a really nice guy it was when all the things were kicking off with uh, Hamza and he'd got his car tuned at uh, infinite and then went to MRC and I was just intrigued to find out what had happened so I had a chat with Ayun. I won't repeat the conversation um, there's plenty of stuff out there but um, it's just interesting. Like I am interested because as much as I I like exploring the limits of of stuff, I have a financial limitation which ain't a lot. Naturally, and all of, and all of us <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so it's I I have to sort of as though, although I'm not intelligent enough to actually be able to uh, map a car. And I suppose if you spent long enough watching somebody and practicing yourself, you, you'd you'd get the grips of it eventually after a few years or whatever. But I am I I do like to have like a very rough basic knowledge of things so that when stuff is happening, happening. Yeah. I can go all oh, right yeah so he's done that because of because of that. And, but, and but you're gonna th- say you say you practiced and, and Ben taught you to be a tuner and it yeah. took a few years. You're not even gonna get a fucking certificate at the end of it. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the fucking, certificate, What's no. the point? You're right. What is the point? Surely all you're you gonna get is a shit drawing of a horse. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a horse driving a Mazda, a stick horse. <laughs> <laughs> is that a stores? <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the only reason why it, it just intrigues me to know, like, to fully understand. Because obviously, from a from somebody that's not particularly customer facing, you're more like you sit in the car. And you I am now, bits. but I used to yeah. be customer facing for, for yeah. every single job that came in. And in lots of ways, I miss that as yeah. well. In lots of ways, it's great that I can get my head down and do. You, and you do miss what talking directly to customers. Okay, now I've been in retail. I fucking hated it. You're a dickhead. You're a dickhead. You're a dickhead. See you later. We've all had to deal with a fair share of people. You like can that. imagine you're what right, he'd be like right. if he was a hey, tuner, couldn't you? No. And you're on your own path. And, and I put myself in that as well because when I go into a shop or whatever, it, the, the person behind the thing, you're a dickhead, mate. I'll be like, I'll just fucking go, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're not telling me something I've not already heard. <laughs> yeah, I'll exactly. Know. I do. I do miss the um, the satisfaction that people get. Because, you know, you've had cars tuned by us and you've had cars tuned yep. by other people. Yep. So and, you've had a f- and it's still running. Mm. Still running fine. Not and dead. it's been around the... I mean, the engine light's on it, but, yeah. you know... It's standard. Uh, we, it's <laughs> how, how many miles? It, it's a VAG product, of course, the engine right. light. 165 and a half thousand. 165? It, it's, it needs a math sensor, apparently. Did, did Ben tune yeah. it before we went to uh, Spain? Yes. So you tuned it and we smashed it around Spain and um, we smashed yes, it oh, around... Yeah. that trip, wasn't it? We yeah. smashed it around yeah. Spain. So, yeah, yeah altitude, heat... Everything and it's and it's still going good. All of the above. So we didn't need to claim on the warranty, mate. I'm really pleased. (laughs) 165,000 miles, you really are on your own. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're definitely not getting involved there. Why can't you offer me a warranty on that? What's up here, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, mate. If Keir wouldn't, I definitely won't. (laughs) You're 65,000 miles out of your warranty period, sir. Piss off. (laughs) Piss off, sir. (laughs) <laughs> that's class but yeah so in regards to tuning cars like I, it's always been something that's intrigued me just because of um the one thing that amazes me the most is how much the manufacturer leaves you to play with in a lot of instances not all they've but got in a lot to know of instances. this is what we do yeah they, they sell these cars as tuner cars the golf r wouldn't be as popular if yeah. you couldn't modify a golf yeah. r right and of yeah. course for the first couple of years you couldn't yeah and then 
and, know, they, and they know this. Of course they do. That's probably why they dial in. It's probably why they dial in everything back. So well, it's that. To and give you, surely give you there's mileage as well, isn't there? Because they mm-hmm. need to. They need to be fairly confident that 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 car's going to more than outsee its warranty. In, yeah, absolutely. In ninety nine percent of its instances and and all that kind of stuff. So it I suppose was, that's another reason why they dial it right back. Mm, there was a, a thing I heard a while ago, and I, I'm not sure of the validity of all of this, but it was a court case. I read it all online. It was a court case in South Africa, I think it was, where a fellow got a Mark V Golf GTI, literally never had it serviced, <sighs> done hundred and fifty thousand kilometres in it, whatever, and the engine failed. Obviously, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen, isn't yeah. it? And he successfully claimed on the warranty. No way. How we went through court and all whatever, and they had to they had to stand on it because, I mean, I don't know what the laws are like in South Africa. I know over here, anything you sell as a as either a manufacturer or distributor of has got to be fit for purpose for a reasonable amount of time. Is the words they use, and what is reasonable? It's down to the judge on the day. It's yeah. down to what you know what's decided to be reasonable. There is no time limit on that. Um, I think personally, one hundred and fifty thousand miles, uh, one hundred thousand kilometers, and no service is very reasonable. But apparently, not in that that case, and he won. Um, we've got the same thing in Audi of America. I've got warranty on stuff, um, you know, 1.8 turbo engines that, that were in the, the B6 and B7A4s. Uh, had a, a big problem with variable servicing. You know, there was the first car they bought out, really, with the, the long life servicing, yeah. 20,000 miles or two years. Yeah. Bullshit. Right. I'm not having it. If you did 20,000 miles in six months because you're a sales rep, fine. Your oil's going to be changed. If you did 4,000 miles in two years, completely disagree. That oil's going to be knackered. Yeah. And it, and it blocks up the oil strainer pickup pipe and, and then starves the engine of oil. It's quite a well-known fault. Audi of America are like, yeah, no problem. We'll cover that for 10 years. If you've wow. got a problem with the 180, we'll just deal with it. They did the same with DSG gearboxes over here. You're in Is that because America's a lot bigger and people do shit loads of miles over there? I think it's more because America's got the litigation culture. Yeah. Oh, maybe oh, yeah. Everyone well. sues everyone. Yeah, they yeah. do. They're all fucking people over yeah, there. Yeah, proper love it. Yeah. I don't know where they'll get the money from. Surely these attorneys cost money. You'd think so. But I, I still think in America... There's no such thing as someone doing 4,000 miles in fucking two years because <laughs> no. the country is that big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just going from here to there is like miles, isn't it? You know, yeah. like well, from here to, here to there. Depends how big you've got the map on your phone. Yeah, it does. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like that much, isn't it? Yeah, about that. Going from yeah. there to there. Like, but, about six inches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing in America is they just love driving because the roads they, they, over there yeah. are different. Yeah. Like, we hate driving. Like, that Mansfield drive over, it's fucking hell, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's two hours. If I go it? over the tops, it's like 58 miles. If I go around the M62, it's 95 or 98 or whatever it is. It's just a shit drive. They both take about two hours and it's yeah. a shit drive. Shit drive. You stop behind, behind one lorry over the Pennines, you've shot it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that as a And you will catch well. them and you, Of course you will. 100%. You're going to yeah. catch them up at a time and time again. So you just got to sit there and enjoy it, which is why I drive a boring 3-litre TDIA4. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no point for what I'm doing in my life right now no. going any faster. No. There's just no, no point. Enjoy the right Have they still got the average speed cameras on that pass up? By the Not on that one, they haven't. No, that's the Buxton one where all the bikes tend to go. Yeah. Um, so that snakes past that. Snake, snake past the Sheffield one. That's been closed because it all fell in. Really? Yeah, it's all subsided. No way. Yeah, it's on the news. Have a look. Oh, so it's shut, it's shut for the foreseeable. No one knows when they, they might be able to repair it. That's another fucking. It's just an horrible trip over there, isn't it? It, it, Absolutely, horrible. I'm sure it would be really nice if you were on your own, you know, and you had the the road to yourself. It'd be an epic driving road, but yeah. it's never going to happen, is it? Lee doesn't no. like venturing out of Warrington, though. So is every, that it? everywhere's WA a shit. Everywhere's a shit trip. Yeah, he's like, fuck that. 
Yeah, I was Spain away. Shit. <laughs> Do you know what? That's the difference, right? We drove in Spain. I fucking loved it over there. Mate, the, the roads in Europe in general, as soon as you get over... Well... There was no one on it. Do you know what? Start. You, you find out coming back, I tend to find. You get over there and you're enjoying yourself and it's nice driving and even the toll booths and stuff through Fran, uh, France. Yeah. I've done Le Mans a few times. Great. No problem with that. It's enjoyable roads. It's nice scenery. Get back in the UK. And before you've got even out of Dover, before yeah. you've got out of Folkestone, you, you're in the shit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're sat in yeah. traffic within yeah. five minutes. You, you yeah, it's in. just this country they've made the r- driving on the roads as fucking boring as fuck and as difficult as fuck <laughs> yeah it's difficult as well it's just like like in America and like in, in Europe it's quite scenic really you get scenic bits mm. like for us our, our pleasure is the M6 toll road just because we can go as fast as, as fast as we like have you ever been nicked on there? no I have really? well actually I'll tell a story it, what I didn't get nicked but it was back in my repping days, and I was up and down there quite a bit because I was working that side of the country. And a, a Volvo T5, so you know how far we're going back, put, came up next to me at, at an undisclosed three-figure sum. wasn't a white one with police down the side, was it? Unmarked. It was actually, <laughs> actually grey, right? Oh, really? Okay. Two blokes in with lapels on, and he just went... <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit, he knows. So, you know, I, I didn't actually get nicked on there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, he's like out of, the, out of the booze you've gone, aren't you? But yeah. To be fair to him, the thing is with the uh, toll road, it is like the autobahn of the um, It's the, the closest isn't thing it? we've got. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I think the amount of cars on there, there's not many, is there? No, not really. No. I've never even... I've never even seen like still get the bellings that sit in the middle name for no reason though. Yeah, because they paid the money. Yeah, it, it. So it's like yeah. I paid me six quid. Yeah, yeah. I fucking sit here. Yeah. But um, now undertaking going well. Don't want to get onto driving laws, but the undertaking now supposedly you're going to get done with driving it without due care and attention. Yeah, which you always could, but they made it a thing. But they but made it a thing. Also, now. sitting in the middle lane doing sixty-three mile an hour is also a thing. As I well was just now. about to say that's yeah. more dangerous than me coming up the side of someone at sixty-five because they're doing fifty-five in the middle. And they just sat there, mm. fucking wheels here. Usually <laughs> on the chest, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they're driving because the steering wheel's behind their head. It's yeah. like, how do you fucking drive like that? Usually <laughs> a Nissan Juke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with a 77-year-old driving it. <laughs> no, but you're right. But the police are picking up on that now. Good. They uh, need to, yeah. Yeah, they definitely need That's to. the thing. You wouldn't have to undertake if everyone fucked off out of the middle lane. And go back to Europe. They do. Yeah. yeah, because it's fine. Over. In America, you can undertake. There's no. You can anyway. You know, yeah, you can right. in America, yeah. and that's why I like driving in America. You just no one's give no. And do you know what the ironic thing about it? No one fucking sits in the middle lane in America. No, everyone so you gets don't have over. To them anyway. So you yeah. don't have to undertake them yet. You can if you want to. Yeah. That's how stupid it is. They need to go back to. But that's the problem. If you passed your test, well, years ago, you never got any tuition on the motorway. Yeah. So, so I remember passing my test. Go on. Yeah, fucking I mean, miles years ago. You must have had your feet out the bottom of the car. <laughs> I fucking Fred Flintstone you. But <laughs> do you remember put, put the indicator on? It's called a traffic cage when it came out the side. Like, ah, <laughs> that's him. Yeah. That is him. No, yeah, he right, didn't even it. have that. He had to put his arm out the window. <laughs> Wait, never understood them in the highway code. Yeah. Uh, from behind, can you tell if it's up or down or in a circle? Because I can't. Well, the first thing I did when I when I passed my test and got my first car, within about half an hour of picking that car up, me uh, Mark Two Escort, I was on the M62. And that's the last time he enjoyed the M62 because I thought, oh, I've never been on a motorway before. You know, only as a passenger. But you, Were you, you before or after Awkward Bastard's house in middle? Oh, um, oh, you, you're on about like... Way up. Way up. I'm talking about Warrington, M62. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. you're, you're talking about... I'm yeah. talking about the real M62. No. Yeah. You're the talking, bit that goes yeah. to the Midlands. Big yeah. house. Um, yeah, yeah, just the Warrington bit. But yeah, I remember going on it thinking... I mean, going back, I don't remember 
what I thought about quite, quite a long time ago. <laughs> fast lane and middle lane and slow lane and no, stuff. No, 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 you can't know. Lane one, lane two, lane three. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you're going to get nicked and you say fast lane to a copy, you're immediately getting a ticket. And I'll be like, fuck off, If you mate. say you was making progress in lane three, he's like, he knows what he's talking about. Yes. Thing is, what's lane watch? three? Is it the one next to the hard shoulder? I hope not. Is the hard no. shoulder called no. the hard shoulder? Is that fucking lane zero or oh, something? Oh, it could be lane anything these days with these stupid yeah, it could smart be. motorways. So that's it. So the smart motorways, when you get an X on the hard shoulder, yeah. let's call it, is that now become, so in theory, that's lane one. And then lane four, if it's a four-lane smart motorway. But what happens if lane one is X, all the others go down then, so it's lane one, two, three. So four becomes a three, two becomes a one, three becomes a two. Do you have to get a calculator out? You're overthinking this. You know, because I'll still say <laughs> Not it. wrong though, is he? I'll no. still say it. It's the fucking fast lane, isn't it? It's the middle <laughs> lane, because you're middle lane dickheads. Well, yeah. if it's four lanes, how could it be a middle lane? Well, do you know what? That's the yeah. funny thing. You know what I'm going to say here? Yeah. Right, so the four lanes now—they've yeah. fucking moved over. They've moved over into lane three. Yeah, and doing well, like middle lane hungers and yeah. lane three hungers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe it. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, shit. There's another lane coming towards me. There's two here now. I need to move over. <laughs> fucking get over there. It's the hard shoulder that you used to know it. I was just staying there, mate. Do you sixty miles an hour? Piss off, and just don't bother anyone. The wagons are the only ones that have got it right. They know. Yeah. Because they fucking know the highway Maximum code. Respect for, for, for yeah, yeah. Wagon drivers. I mean, yeah, they do sometimes. When you see an accident on the motorway, we'd seen one. The fucking wind had blown it over. They do tend to cause a few issues because they're such big vehicles. Yeah, shit happens to them, doesn't it? It's not great when they fall over, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not when the wind gets them. No. <laughs> so this this wagon was just going down. All of a sudden, it just went dunk like yeah. that and just fell over. We looked at it, didn't we? we and, did. the, and the guy was all basically right. got a massive kite. <laughs> it was. It was windy that day, <laughs> but they they're actually all right. Yeah. People call wagon drivers for being whatever, and because they, they shouldn't. Be, of the road. Because mm-hmm. they're the ones that actually know how to drive on the yeah. roads. They stick to the rules. Have you ever? I don't, I don't think I ever have. Have you ever, ever, ever seen an Arctic in the fast lane, either lane three, lane four, however many? Have you ever seen? They're not allowed there. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they stick to the rules. They're not yeah. allowed there. But however, the, brief, the people who shouldn't be sat in the middle lane sit in the fucking middle lane. The wagons will briefly go in the middle lane. When they're overtaking someone, then, yeah, and it's usually when they're overtaking someone who is obviously going well, even slower than yeah. them. Fifty-five point yeah. seven, not fifty-six. Because they're, 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 <laughs> yeah. they're, they're wagons. They're, I mean, they're not they're not the fastest of vehicles, so it takes them ages to pass whatever. It's because they're else. both limited to the same speed. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. So it eventually gets past someone and just piss you off a little bit. But the thing that pisses me off is. The person in, then in the fast lane, I'm not fucking saying third lane because that pisses me <laughs> off saying that. The person in the fast lane. Why are you turning there, Right? Yeah, you fucking have, yeah. The person in the fast lane. In his Mazda. Is the person that should be in, should be in the middle lane. Dickhead. And it's like, oh, where's my middle lane gone? There's a wagon. I've got now to, got to go into the fast lane. Yeah. And then that winds me even more because the wagon. The one in, yeah, 65 in the yeah. fast lane. So yeah. just fuck off out what of the about, way. What about those cars that wagons have to overtake because they're going too slow? That, as that well, yeah. should be illegal. Literally yeah. that. Should yeah, be, yeah, I agree. Take your license away from you because you obviously got I to agree. have a packet of Kellogg's. The most yeah, yeah. dangerous thing, I think, is when you're getting on a motorway. So I've had, at the amount of times I've been behind a car coming down the slip road and they'll be trying to join traffic, moving traffic on a motorway that's doing at least 60 mile an hour, whatever mm-hmm. the Arctic's doing, nearly 60 in it. Yeah. So at least 60 mile an hour, and they'll be trying to join the motorway at like 40. Ridiculous. It's like, mate, you are going to cause the an accident. that that causes to all and the I've seen behind. I've seen yeah. them nearly stop. Yeah. 
oh, I can't get on. Oh, just speed up. God. Yeah, you, yeah. You've got to get join. You've yeah. got to join. You've got to merge with the traffic that's already there. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I we had uh, Pass Plus. I don't know if you ever had that. I was pre pass plus plus. Right. Talk. Well, it was yeah. a waste of fucking time to be no, honest with you. Really? The driving instructor took me out after I passed my test. We went on to a dual carriageway. We got off at the next junction. He was like, "Mate, you don't. You, you're fine." It was at night. We got onto the thing, and uh, he was saying. I remember him saying, "It's it's 100 not down to the traffic on the motorway to allow you to come in." Yeah, correct. You you that line merging. is a giveaway line. Yes. You, you know that's the same as being at a junction yeah. technically. Yeah. But so but should. no one has to stop. No. There. No, yeah, people no, no, do no. because yeah. it's like oh, muppets, it's, mate. Yeah, it's courtesy, isn't it? Mm. So you'll always, a wagon will yeah. always pull over, and this yeah, is it what does, it yeah. comes back to: a wagon will always pull over if they see you coming on. Yeah, you know, um, and if everyone drove like wagon drivers, we'd be sound. It'd probably be all right to be honest. Yeah, because the wagons are always involved in a crash. Could it be some prick doing fifty-five, and then fucking brake checking them in the middle lane, and then the wagons like oh fucking, and then it's in because they can't stop, can they? Do you know I mean, the accident? The only accident I've ever had. <laughs> was it a lorry? It was on the M6 with the wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was in a customer's car last We year. don't know what happened, but it was your fault. If you ever see an accident, <laughs> I would say nine out of ten accidents you see, there's always got a wagon of some description, yeah. whether it be... They can't stop. It's as simple as that. The you, bigger vehicles, They don't yeah. react like no. a car or even a van. You know, they just don't react. You just, you just can't stop and them. And I, I can say that because I do drive wagons. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. I'd love to have a go of a wagon, me. Have a go. It's I would fun. love to. Big scan, yeah. Got to do it. Mm-mm. I drive one down the motorway, but then when it comes to town driving, I'll be like, this oh, ain't going around that corner. Them fucking lights are getting taken out. Oh, mate. Could you imagine? You, you have to like take a real wide berth, don't you? would. If you come to like one of them bridges and you see the thing and you go, yeah, no, I can definitely fit underneath this because my thing is this tall, but you see the measurements and go, as you're coming to it, you're like, ah. Yeah. Oh, oh fucking yeah. As you come out the bottom of where I live, there's a, a railway bridge literally right there and it's got whatever it is, 13 metres, uh, 13 metres, 13 foot, 4.4 metres or whatever, written all over yeah. it. And the number of wagons that have hit that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fella, a few months back, I, uh, I saw it, I got to the end of our our little estate bit and he was coming down the road, he was barrelling, to be fair. It's a 30 limit, but he weren't, no way was he doing 30. He was in the fast lane. And it was, clearly. He was in, <laughs> you know what, on that little bit of road, he was in all the lanes. And I looked at him and I thought, he ain't going to make that. And I said to my missus, you're taking the kids to the nurse, she said, he ain't going to make that. And he hit the bridge and it peeled the top of his lorry open like a tin of spam. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he stopped afterwards and there's, there's three lanes at a junction and a big crossroads. And he just stood there scratching his head. <laughs> and that was, I was like, mate, you was, you was probably doing 50. You were never getting under there anyway. That's wow. the thing. If you were driving a wagon, I suppose that's the first thing that you check. Um, to, how, how high is this? Yeah, yeah. Because you come you've up got, to a bridge. You've got it in a... Well, I mean, it depends if you, if you do it properly, of course. But you've got to have... The, the height in the cab with you, but normally, oh, so it's right, yeah. Normally, it's on like a twister, like an old um, calendar would right. be sort of thing. So you can change the heights depending because you might have a bigger, bigger a trailer, taller, yeah, unit on the back, yeah. or whatever. I mean, you're all um, out on the motorway, aren't you? Because them, they're like must be like industry standard of there's a the certain, bridge. There's a, I don't, and, you know what? I should know what the height is. I actually don't know what the height is, but there is an industry standard thing. Yes, yeah. and I presume you, no wagon, whether it's got a big trailer on the back, as can't as be as high as that. Because yeah. you see some of them, them, it's like double. Double leveled, in it? Yeah, yeah they, they are. Super yeah, high. Double the Royal ones. Yeah. yeah, and the uh, yeah. the B and Q wagons. I think yeah. they're the same. They're massive. And you look at them going under the bridges, and you think, "Fucking hell, that's tight." Mm. Only just. But you know, it's like it's past the thing. But it's low bridges. Yeah, that's, it's, it's that's resident, residential areas and town yeah. areas, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah. BCA used to come and pick a load of cars up, like the the swappers and stuff, and they had like um. So after he'd he'd filled his truck up and then he'd put everything at the angle it needed to be put at, he had this massive big stick thing 
that had like a stick that come out and used to put it at the side of his thing and twist it like that. So obviously if it clips oh, so something it at the hot. top, then he'd know, right, that's too that's too high, I need to adjust something. That's mm. a conscientious so way uh, Yeah, but that's how all of them used to uh, to do that. Obviously, otherwise, you're, um, you're smashing four cars off the top of his uh, transporter. Yeah. Can't be a great day, that. Oh, I no. wouldn't have thought so. Imagine ringing your boss on that. Yeah. You had a bit yeah. of a prang. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. What's happened? Well, I've written five cars off. <laughs> oh, yeah. and a truck. I thought this bridge measurement was in inches, but it was actually millimetres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking got it all the wrong way around. You've now got four convertibles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll never, ever be going in the fast lane ever again. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but it's fine because they were all Mazdas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So who right. gives a fuck? Who gives yeah, a fuck? Yeah, it's a good day. <laughs> so I think we've just about... Is that is that us? Now we, uh, hey, we if you've asked if you've asked as much as you need to ask. Well, the thing is, when it comes to actually tuning a um, tuning a car, mapping a car, like I could sit for hours and and go right. Well, what about this? What about that? What about the other? What would you do if this happened and that happened? But Ben's probably got shit to do. Well, he has, yeah. So um, you know, give us some details. Where can we find all your services for anybody got to this point in the podcast? Which well done. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. And actually, Congrats. actually, on that note, the people who are watching this podcast, they are our patrons only. We have yeah. 158 patrons now. Ah, we were discussing this. We were, we? Yeah, yeah, 158 welcome. patrons. Welcome to the to new, new patrons yeah. and welcome back to everyone who was from the previous. Thank you so very t- much. Tell us about this Patreon thing because we were talking oh, yeah. about it. I'm not yeah. really yeah. sure how this works. Well, so, so explain it to me. If that's it's not right. like OnlyFans. It's not? No, no, no. So no. I'm not going to see you in your... Mankinis. Well, is it? Is it? I mean, we could go down that road. I suppose you. I suppose. I, mean, I don't know. Market that later, I don't know whether Patreon. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Espe- I mean, especially as there's no market for that whatsoever. Oh. Basically, <laughs> it's it's um they can they can help us out with production, and right. even though it's three pound a month plus that, yeah. people can give us twenty. Well, that's quid. all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. Minimum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they can give us what they want. It's like, thank you, you very pledge. much to the but people. But it's still only have, a Netflix, and you get all these laughs. There's a, you know, we were talking about yeah. subscriptions earlier on. Uh, yeah. You know. I'm still, I know we, we have a laugh, but I'm still amazed that people actually listen to the podcast and say, yeah, yeah that was a good laugh, that. Yeah. I mean, we must be relatable to the people who are watching because obviously you can, it's like being sat here. So the camera, it's like being sat with us. And we would love it, wouldn't we? We'd love it if people, if more people were sat with, you know, we'd have a conversation. Yeah. with Evil GT. Yeah, we'd, See, you know. A good mate of mine, Regan, is a big fan of your guys. And he, he, what he loves about you, and what he's, when, when we did the video with the RS4 or whatever, he's done a good old laugh about it and whatever. And he said that the, the reason that he likes watching you guys is just one one person that I happen to know. I know a few people that, that listen to the podcast. Um, you know, you are very relatable. You're two normal guys doing normal things, asking all the questions that we all want to ask. So yeah. that's what that's what makes it fun for for the common man, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's I know there's hundreds and hundreds of supercar guys. There's fucking hundreds and hundreds of planes today. <laughs> there's hundreds I mean, of planes. I, Manchester's I a busy place today, isn't it? We say this, don't we? But yeah. then when you listen to it back, you can't hear the plane. There's a massive jet going above. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting you. Five hundred people above us right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that engine's been tuned. At least one of them. At least one. By Rolls Royce. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you ever tuned a Rolls Royce engine? No. All right, no, well, there you go then. Well, I that's a question. Really should, shouldn't I? Is there a car or an engine, a car or an engine that you haven't tuned that you would love to have, get your hands on at some point? Is there a project that you've thought, you know what, I'd love, because you've just done, by the way, you have just done uh, Dan Cup's TTRS and that. Yeah, a few months back. What yeah. records, what records did that get? Do you know what? 
I'm trying to think. You it tuned was... it, you should be like, I fucking smashed this record, I smashed this record. Do you know the irony was? The day you went to Santa Pod with the car, I couldn't be there because I'd got a family engagement or something. So I only got all the information second hand. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I wanted to be in the thick of it and, you yeah. know, and then it would be burned into my memory. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's still running a stock engine and, and that's the key yeah. there. So if you build the engine, you can get more torque, you know, you dare push it further kind of thing. So yeah. I can't remember exactly which records it, it pulled um but it's don't quote me on this uh, but i believe it to be the stock engine at least the uk record uh in terms of quarter mile nice time. and what was that do you can you remember nine point something no i can't no. that is rapid though it was nine point something though. it was below it, yeah it was in the nines and it's it's a fast it's a fast car yeah. and i've been developing in that car at the airfield you guys have been to the same airfield so you know what the surface is like yeah shocking. probably great for trying to land a cessna but not great for 150 <laughs> no, in the tt no with no seats no um you know trying to do and no brakes and as well and, and the tiniest little brakes yeah, you know, yeah. weight saving brakes but my god that car is fast i can i mean it's fast it belies the figures as well you know it doesn't yeah. matter that you, you sort of think oh well you know it's 590 or whatever we got to have it 620 i can't remember where we finished up with it on its drag calibration but god it's it actually, you can't sit up. You can't, it pulls you back. Right. It's like a roller coaster. Have you, have you driven that car? I've driven you, that yeah, car. So yeah. on, a, on, a, on a drag strip, Bob, have you just... Uh, just at the, the, the runway. But yeah. the problem is with me is I'm 110 kilograms of active ballast. I'm yeah. not really much used to, <laughs> to drag cars. Yeah, you, the you only reason, little Irish jockey. The only reason yeah. I say that is because you tuned our car predominantly on the on the rollers, didn't you? Yes. And then you did a little bit of a road test, obviously, yeah. and data logged and just stuff like sure that. Yeah, just to good. make sure it's all Yeah, just to make sure. And and to be honest, there is a big part of the tuning side that is about drivability. And, and you know, that it, for me, that's paramount. If I'd lose 10 horsepower and get a better drivable, a better drivable car, that's awful. A, a more <laughs> drivable car. Yeah. You know, or a better feeling yeah. car on the road. That's yeah. what I'd much rather have. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, when you start getting to the extremes of where that TT was... Um, God, it's just that's a ridiculously fast car. Well, that was running E85 at yeah. like 720, 730 horsepower when it or something. It was, it was. Did we crack 700? It was, a, it was a TTE 777. Went for the bigger turbo, so didn't have to run it quite as as hard yeah. because we wanted to do back to back drags with it. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the final figures in the end. I mean, and, and you think, well, how can you not remember the final figures? Because it was about three o'clock in the morning on the dyno. When we, you know what I mean? It's, we'd had yeah. we'd had fifteen hour days on it back to back yeah. for nearly ten days, a sort of thing. And it's it's just time consuming, and and so much happens in that time. And if if you don't sort of compartmentalize those jobs, you got to kind of shut that one down and move and do something else. Otherwise, your brain would be full. Yeah. Some other information's got to fall out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's I think dynos and running them through like three a.m. I think a lot of people end up doing that, don't they? They do, you know, because it's, um, you know, um, you can't just say that saws like dead loud, but also what you can't say about <laughs> dynos is like you get a tune done and it just you do it in that time. It doesn't work it, like it, that. It, no. it, it when go, is it ever finished? It's done when it's done, isn't it? When is when is finished? And that's why. You know, if you if you're changing like a set of brakes, you probably know roughly when it's gonna. Oh yeah, two hours, and I'm done with that. Yeah. With a tune, I suppose you can say, right, I've got all day on this. Yeah. But all day is sort of like, you know, how how long is all day? Yeah. All day is because like all day into is the next. Home. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've and exactly. I've had that conversation with customers before where they've they've sent a. You know, like a snotty email at seven o'clock saying, You said you'd ring me before you finish work, and I ring them up at eight o'clock and say, I haven't finished work yet, pal. Yeah, yeah. Still going, mate. <laughs> Your day's yeah, yeah. might finish, but I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, our day is definitely finished on this podcast. I think it has. Because um, there's loads more to talk about, and we've only scraped the surface of your history of tuning cars. How long before you. 
did you say how long you've been tuning cars for before? I went, I started as a business in 2009 and I was doing it for two or three years beforehand. Right. So, so you've got about 15 years. 15 years. So surely in 15 years, we can't get through 15 years of stories and stuff. No chance. So as always, <clears throat> you know, there's probably another podcast in here. Definitely. So, well, I, you know, I really enjoy myself. And, and if there's a, a scope for me to come back at any point. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's not, it's not just in the, even just talking about the tuning. It's day-to-day topical interests general chit-chat general yeah. chitter-chatter yeah yeah um, and but, but you know yeah. if, if anyone's got any questions and, and and things that either i can you know answer or can find out the answers to and anybody wants to put them in the comments or anything like that then we'll revisit it and when, where can they, everybody find you everyone can find us if you've got a volkswagen audi group car we are racingline.com and you'll find all of our hardware software uh, and information on there you can follow us on facebook racing line performance um, you'll find also the events side of the business as well, the racing line events where we do all the, the stuff where we do the car launches and the really pretty bits. For We've not been invited to any of them yet, have we? No, we're not that important yet. No. No. I'm trying. Hey, do I haven't even got a bloody hoodie yet. Forgive me, <laughs> forgive me, Yeah. because I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, Mark, is he the gaffer? No. Fuck, what was his name? Who is the gaffer? Sam. Sam, it is Sam. I've got him on LinkedIn now. I was chatting to Sam at the airstrip. Has he got a really professional yes. picture on LinkedIn? Pro, he was such no a such a nice guy. You Sam know, is you know, when wicked. you know somebody like Absolutely. when you meet somebody that's quite high up, because yeah. he obviously founded Racing Line, didn't he? Way, right, way, yeah. way back when. Yep. And at first I didn't know who he was. So he didn't come over going, Oh yeah, Racing Line, yeah. So Isn't that, was, that the that best thing? Me. Yeah. About he yeah. was just chatting away and uh about cars and he was like, Fucking hell, like eight wise rapid, isn't it? It's like it's it's really quick. And um he was like, uh, I was like, yeah. So, how are you involved with uh, with Racing Line? He was like, oh, I, I founded it and then um, uh, I sold it. I'm still um, in, you know, still I, I'm still look after it and, yeah. and stuff and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. fucking hell, no way. Properly nice guy. Mm. Yeah, really and nice guy. So, I my involvement with uh, with Racing Line started back in the Volkswagen Cup days when I started tuning the the, the Golfs and Sirocco's, doing the race cars and stuff. That's how I met Sam, who owns the company, and Matt, who's technical director. And we all got on really, really well. And then, you know, fast forward many years, and here I am actually working there um, and, and doing all the things with, with those two guys. And they're both lovely people. Um, yeah. And it's, it you know, it, it's a testament to the, the family environment. There's every single cliche in the book where people say, oh, you know, I worked for this company and it was a real family environment. It actually really is. Yeah. You know, we, it's, a, it's a small company. There's only, I think, 17 of us on the payroll. You know, it's not a big... It's not a big, big, big place, and people think because we do so much hardware and stuff that we must be a massive powerhouse, and it's it's not about that. But the people that you talk to, Sam will answer the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's the guy that that owned, founded, owned, sold, and now runs on behalf of our elders. You yeah. know, if you like, the, the the bigger entity still runs the company. I bet if he does answer the phone and you get a dickhead, he's like, "You speak to this dickhead." <laughs> yeah, he does. Try, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you needed. Uh, sorry, I think you needed Ben. Just, yeah, just yeah. Someone to do with shit, Mark. Yeah. He's over here. <laughs> yeah. But no, so you know, so, and, it, and it is that old cliche: Sam will answer the phones and clean the toilets. You know, yeah. it, and, we're, and we're all we're all like that, and it. I think it's really important. You've got so much more respect for, for you know, he's my boss, isn't he? Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's my boss. And you get so much more respect for your boss. And bear in mind, I've not had a boss since yeah. 2009. You know, it's pretty hard to go back into that company environment and, and back into the, the hierarchy of things. Um, but I've got a boss and I couldn't ask for a better one. Simple as that. There you go. Yeah. So Sam, if you're watching this or listening, um, pay rise at any point for Ben. You well, know? you beat me to Checks it. In yeah. Because he says I always say. <laughs> yeah, about pay I rise. knew that was coming. Because um, I, I, I try and help people yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. but the sounds of it, I don't think you want one, do you? 
You have pay rise. You have pay. Do you know what? I love my job but so you love, much. You love pay rises more. <laughs> yeah. I don't like paying tax. <laughs> no. I don't fucking no, get no, a pay rise. In all seriousness, you know what? I if I could do this job for free, another cliche, I would. I can't. Yeah. I've got bills to pay and three kids to support. But you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. I would. If you know, if I won the lottery, you know, I would actually just carry on yeah. because I love doing what do you I know do. What? I love. If you did win the lottery, you still, won't be able, you still wouldn't be able to afford the gas bill. That's true. <laughs> or the electric That's bill. That's true. Fucking mine's just gone up. if I won the lottery, I'd still be a twat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, say, uh, that's what they say. Don't change you. That makes two of you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thank you very much. What I do need to say very quickly as well is Racing Line, mm-hmm. the software side of it, what is it called? OEM Plus. Right. Exactly just in case it, yes. anybody sees OEM Plus and don't realise that's, that's Racing Line software, software division. That's yeah. like their, you know... Just in case, so you they are um, they are together. But yeah, thank you very much. Thanks We've got cheers. literally thank loads more to talk, like loads more to talk about. Yeah, we'll Anytime. talk about the, we'll talk about the good stuff off camera. Yeah, yeah naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not for you patrons. It's like the juicy stuff is coming. That's the thing. Like um, on the Patreon thing, that's what we say. Everything is put out on the table here. Yeah. So the stuff that we don't say in the YouTube videos. Uh, because of whatever, we try and keep some stuff for you guys because yeah. we do appreciate the support that you're giving us for the uh, podcast. So, yeah, the gearbox thing, that's my little bit of a, you know, I've not even picked it up yet. It's like two weeks away. Have you paid him for it? I've paid him a deposit. Have you? So anyway, anything else we know about or we find out or you've got information, we tell it on air. So that's one good reason. Revelations about your dad driving a Duke. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I've never told anyone else that. Yeah. No, well, that's for our Patreon support. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people like the insider. Those little golden nuggets of information. Yeah. Absolutely. Take it as you as you will. Yeah, and our next guest podcast will be on the other end of what Ben does. So he's actually a race driver. So we met him a few days ago, didn't we? Was yeah. it last Tuesday? Yeah, it was last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Seb Morris, uh, he's just got into the Carrera Cup, so he's driving around in the new GT3 Cup car. Nice, beautiful car. Mm. And um, so yeah, that is on the twenty fourth, if I remember rightly. Yep. This will be going on probably after then because we we we've recorded quite a few of these. Uh, exclusive podcasts and obviously we want to do one release one every other Wednesday but that's just to let you know what's coming yep. up and the um, questions in there are going to be how much do you make being a racing driver yep. how much does it cost to do a racing series how do you get into it and all the stuff that is the interesting stuff if you wanted to you know get out do you need to start at 10 years old can you get into it at 18 yep. all that kind of stuff definitely so. that's interesting one for you that Ben you know you love all that stuff don't you because you are one of our biggest patrons now, aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah, you 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 pledge like fifty pound a month, don't you? Yeah, plus fat, plus fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's one question, uh, and I already know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask him again for you guys. But with Seb, I'll tell you off camera in a minute. It'll blow your mind. So the amount of money that has been spent to get Seb into Formula One will you'll literally fall off your seat. Yeah, there's going to be a mental. lot of money. Yeah, it's going to be money talk because that's what racing is. It's all about Unfortunately. money. So even down the levels I've done it at, and you know, in the Volkswagen fortunes. side of things, and and brick car and that kind of thing, it is fortunes. Yeah, it yeah is. and even um, the cheap racing series are expensive. Extremely so. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that, and that I find should it be fascinating, really. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, all yeah. coming up. Interesting to know. Perfect. Right. Well, thank you very much, Ben. Thanks. Thank you very much thank for, you very coming. Much for coming. coming. You now know where Lee lives, so you can just turn up randomly whenever Anytime. you want. Any time. Yeah. And on that note. Let's do this one. Bye-bye. Ta-ra. <laughs>